Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, November 27th, and you're listening to episode number 626. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer. Really quickly, I've got two happy birthdays. One to Eisner Award winner, Professor Dr. Carolyn Coca, and our good friend Nikki Torres, occasional co-host. Happy hey, birthday, hey! Uh, I will add to the birthday wishes uh, Kelly Hoover. Also her birthday oh, today. I've heard from her in a long time. Wow, she's lovely. Yeah, from back from our, uh, what did we call that? The whole thing where we got together with people online and taught the book club. Yes, indeed. Yes. Top she crochet top a mean Captain Marvel as well. It, sit, it sits on my shelf as we speak, and it is my... Avatar, when you log on to my computer, is a picture of her Captain Marvel she made for me. So crafty. Aaron Amos is here. Also, happy birthday to Ezra Perry. Yes, absolutely. Congratulations to everyone, to Hugh and the family. Yeah. And Chris Carey is also here. Hi, it's nobody's birthday, but I feel like it was my birthday because I saw Sulphur this weekend. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Want to hear? <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear all about that yeah. in due time. It's I'm excited. It's Empire now, so you're going to hear about it every time you talk to me, probably. Oh, my God. Mm. Bronwood and I were having a conversation about this whole Roman Empire thing yesterday. <laughs> How often do you think about the Roman Empire, Steve? You That's the, the episode, thing. You weren't on the episode I asked the guys about it, so. That's the thing, though. I don't. That's good. Like, unless it's come up for, like, an Assassin's Creed entry or something like that, or the, the new indie movie. Like, I I never think about the Roman Empire. I do not understand this, yeah. like, well, uptick in asking people about the Roman Empire. When did that start? Well, no, but, Steve, because a lot of straight men do think about the Roman Empire every day is the thing. That's why it started. <laughs> Another and, and reason not answer- to live that life. Well, and, 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 and my answer at the time was honestly, I, I'm thinking about it because I see America as the Roman Empire falling. And I think so that's a valid reason. And I mean, yeah. you know, you had a valid reason, and obviously John had no choice but to think about the Roman Empire. It, so history, had a, yes. <laughs> he yeah. has he is forced to think about the Roman Empire. Yeah. But a lot of straight men with for no reason think about the Roman Empire all the time, and it creeps me out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But that's why it became a thing is all, all kinds of their their heterosexual girlfriends were like, is does everyone think about this? And then it became a thing as they realized that so many straight guys do. Wow. Aaron, where do you stand on the Roman Empire? Do you think about it? Can't begin to care. <laughs> I, I did, <laughs> did not even know. Get out with Aaron. I saw I saw all of this stuff about it. And then I keep seeing and I don't know why this started flowing into my YouTube algorithm. 
because I do nothing even remotely adjacent. And it's like the history of the Roman Empire maintaining concubines, the history of the Roman Empire and slavery, the history of the Roman Empire. Yeah. And I'm just like, why is this yeah. suddenly showing up in my my YouTube algorithm? I'm like, I'm literally sitting here watching like videos on the dodo. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> like, you know what's, better? <laughs> like, what's where, absurd is that I don't think about the Roman Empire but for the past couple of minutes, all I've done is think about the Roman Empire. Yeah, told no, up, of course. Told up. Of course. Oh, no, okay, no. Look I've thought John about Belushi. the Roman Empire when I watch History of the World Part 1. Nope. Yep. All right. The show Rome was good, though, I will say. <laughs> Very was the, Yeah, there was the movie <laughs> The Last Days of Pompeii. You could watch oh, that. If you want one of the gayest movies that accidentally was gay, watch The Eagle, in which Channing Tatum is just in love with Jamie Bell for an entire two-hour run. It's amazing. Aww. It's not on purpose. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's completely homoerotic. I love it. <laughs> Did you see the... Uh, oh, well, we'll get to it when we talk yeah. about Saltburn. I'll save it. I'll save it. Uh, let's see. What do we got here for you this week? We have got lightning rounds, of course. Uh, we've got a question from the audience that we're going to hit up a little later. Uh, we've got a pretty significant piece of news this afternoon. This afternoon meeting we record on a Monday. So it's new is to this, us. Is this but- an afternoon? It's like almost 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. What time are you wake up? Time is a construct. <laughs> when do you wake up? <laughs> When you are is when you want it to be. That's Ooh. what I'm going to say. Oh, that's deep. That should be on a t-shirt. I know. I'm a, I'm a deep guy, Bob. Six. Yeah. This is not afternoon. I'm dying. That sounds like an edible at work. <laughs> 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 that's what that is. Oh, I wish I could uh, take an edible at work. Wait, what if sorry. there were a whole universe in your fingernail and all the people lived in I all can. the atoms? And... <laughs> um, all right. I'm so sidetracked now. Oh, go for um, it. Are you wanna... Your ADHD bounces off my ADHD, and now we're here. <laughs> oh, God. Let me tell Chaos. you, not to not to get into, like, too much about that, but... But we will. But we will, for, for a minute. <laughs> because we're us. Yes, so here's the thing. I was... Obviously, I've I've had ADHD for a, a long time. Long, your long whole, time. Your whole life. That's how ADHD yeah. works. And... <laughs> Sorry, but, to a therapist. but <laughs> I was only diagnosed like earlier yes. this year. Same, same. But now I'm like, I don't know if it's if it's because of the diagnosis or yes. maybe it's both. But like, I am noticing so many more things about my behavior and little ticks that I have and yeah. how I'm I'm nervous in crowds and like all these all these things that I now have something to point at and be like, it's probably because of this. Yep. And man alive, like I I've got, I've got it bad. Like it's so much clearer now why I'm such a scattered brain mess of a person. Stop. So that, well, look, it's true, but again, as one ADHD to another, same, same, (laughs) same, yo. Yeah. All right. For realsies. Um, I'll tell I'll tell you a little story because I'll I'll make this quick. I'll spare I'll spare Aaron some of the uh, the gory seeing, like, details. Lies. The movie Clue in my head, where it's like I'll make a long story short. Too late. Too late. <laughs> uh, let me find my notes here. If there's notes, you don't have a story that's short. I'm sorry. No, I did. I did take them. 
I did too. Aaron, no, I am um, the chaos Chris. Do you hear this? <laughs> I did. I know. Aaron is, is sad. It? He wasn't part of Chaos Crew last week. I think. I'm sure. I found it. I found it. That's I wrote this true, stuff yeah. down because this show was this good that I wanted to make sure that I hit a couple things about it. So You're talking about your era's tour, aren't you? Yes, I'm talking about <laughs> my Taylor Swift equivalent, which is Tool. Uh, went to my 31st Tool show the other night, oh, last uh, Tuesday, when uh, Chris hosted the podcast. Uh, thank you very much, by the way, for stepping into the last oh. minute to do that. Happy to be your substitute teacher. They only threw so many spitballs at me. Nice. You threw so, enough of your own there. Hey, Chris. I got to fight hey. back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair point. Fair point. So I went to Scotiabank Arena for the last show on this tour. Um, I Steel Beans open. Has anybody heard of Steel Beans? No. Well, I'll take your silence as a no. Okay. No. Steel Beans is a one-man band performer. He vocal sounds kind of a little bit like the Black Keys and it's him on electric guitar, drums, vocals and like keyboards and loops and it is a sight to behold. This guy has so much energy. Uh he's quite funny and very talented. So he was the opener for this show. I've seen Tool, obviously, I've seen them a lot of times. I've gone to a lot of shows over the past, you know, the past few decades and whatnot. And when I tell you that this was the most, like the most different show that I've seen from them in a very, very mm. long time, I, I cannot express that enough. This was like 90% new stuff. Obviously not the set list. They're playing a lot of their stuff that I've seen before and stuff like that. But there were a few surprises. So when they did the song Rosetta Stoned, they did a Rosetta Stoned and Tommy the Cat Primus hybrid of it, like lyrically, um, which was really interesting for uh, Jombie. They brought out the guitarist from Rush to perform with them. I think Alex wow. Lifeson. Wow. Yeah, it's him. So like they did like a like a 15 minute long version of Jombie with both Adam and uh, Lifeson on guitars and then breaking into a Rush song. And then going back into the Tool song, back into a solo from Lifeson, and then back into the Tool song. And it just expanded this already crazy song. Um, like, it was wild. I'd never heard anything like it. I'd never seen anything like it before. It was fantastic. They did like a semi-unplugged version of the beginning of a song called Culling Voices, which I've never seen them do before, where they took four chairs and put them at the front of the stage and all sat down for this intro. And like they lowered the lights, they brought down these like purple and black lights that were on them and everything. And it was really intimate and really an interesting way to hear that song. I've heard that song a bunch of times live, never saw it that way before. Um, Maynard's vocals are changing since he's been with the band Pussifer and of course with the perfect circle, he's softened in his age. He's, going to be 60 years old i believe next year so his he doesn't do all the things that he used to do he doesn't do those 35 second uh screams and stuff like that they performed the grudge and he totally tabled like the epic scream in the middle my imagination says like he's just like i'm done doing this i'm not blowing my vocal cords out for this every night you be glad be glad that you've heard it before in the past not doing that anymore and i respect that i think that's a smart thing 
on his part. Um, every song was extended, like brand new jams, brand new breakdowns, new solos. The th- the only way to hear these songs this way is to see them live. Like they don't release music that often. It was 14 years before their last album. And whoa, yeah, it was a long time between 10,000 Days and Fear Inoculum. I think it was something like 14 years. It was a really long time. The time before that was 12 years. Like they don't put out a lot of music. They certainly don't record, re-record a bunch of their live stuff for you to hear and listen to and stuff like that. They're just not that kind of band. So one of the things about going to see them live that makes it special is getting to see these extended versions of these songs that you've known you know, for 20 something, 30 something years. Uh, And they do that with every song. And we're at the point in the evolution of this latest album, which came out in 2019, that they're starting to do expanded versions of those songs too. So there were like a whole bunch of the newer songs that I'd never heard this way before. So I was like, I know every note, every beat, Mm -hmm. every like feedback, all of it, like, emblazoned on my memory the second there's an extra anything in these songs i can hear it i notice it and this was a night full of stuff that was new to my ears and i was loving it it was awesome uh 90 of their visuals on the screens behind them and everything were brand new um they're doing kind of these like visual generators now with original with original art if you want to think of like if you're using Microsoft and you used to have that visualizer for your music that would kind of go in sync to whatever you're listening to, they have that, but it's like Chet Czar and Adam Jones artwork and Alex Gray and who knows who else um, all like synced to what they're playing. So it gives them a little bit more versatility as to what they can play that night because they're not beholden to like music video cues or stuff that's pre-rendered for every note of every song. Um, it was really cool to see them pull out a couple songs that I didn't expect to hear. Uh, I went with my friend Brad. We always have a good time together. And uh, it could be a while before I see them again. And it was just as many times as I've seen this band, they never disappoint. And this time in particular felt really special. Um in a show where it, it's all they're already special to go and see. And then they just went above and beyond to do some new stuff for this last night. And I was thinking of when we were talking about the sphere and it is, it's true. Like to see that show that I saw last week in the sphere, like all 360 all around you with right, all yeah. of that, all those visualizers to the music. Oh my God. Oh my God. I might come out of like, hallucinogen uh retirement for that but <laughs> it's uh it was a good time i had a good time so that's where i was last week uh and just an absolute pleasure to be yeah. you know in that band's company uh and watch them do their thing i managed to get a poster from the show those are super rare um and again just really good company and uh, oh my god, I've never smelled so much weed in my life. My <laughs> my body absorbed so much marijuana that night just okay. by proxy. Because I'll I, I I shit you not, I came home the very next morning. This is the end of my story. I changed my clothes, fresh out of the dryer, took a shower. Everything's clean. Everything's good. I still smelled 
the weed from the night before and it wasn't me it wasn't like it was me but it wasn't like my normal environment me it was it was hilarious it was a very sinus cavities it's in your brain it's everywhere it was somewhere let me tell you i messaged my friend brad the next morning i was like do you do you still smell like weed he's like no and i'm like i do hilarious there were lots of families there that night and i'm thinking of all these little kids sitting there getting a contact high while watching this incredible band just having their brains melted they were really easy to put down for a nap that night (laughs) it was like a family of four like maybe two uh rows above us and i was just like i was afraid to look behind me to see their condition i was like oh my god dave because that's where it was coming from it was above us and it was just like oh no or kids. Oh. Anyway. So so thrilled for you, Steve. It is so amazing when you can see, and, and people sometimes ask, how can you see a band so many times? Well, yeah. because you never know when the night's going to be when something different, bizarre, once in a lifetime kind of happens. Yeah. So you got to be there for that. That's You're never going to forget that. That's just incredible. One of my favorite things about Tool, like seeing them live specifically, is that I took my mom to a tool show um, mm-hmm. some very many years ago, um, probably for the Lateralis tour, uh, or maybe even, no, it was probably 10,000 days. Anyway, I took her to that show. So she's one of the few people that I can call that's like outside the circle that I could describe that show to. And she has some idea of what I'm talking about because she was there with me however many years ago. Um, my friend John fed her a pot cookie and sure. she had a really good time at that show <laughs> about a half hour into it. She was just screaming her head off. She loved it. And um, they played they played uh, one of the songs that reminds me of my mom uh, the other night at the show. And I like I, t- I texted her and I was like, they're playing your song. So it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I probably ha- have seen the four tops as many times as you saw a tool. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times actually sort of in their company, but there was this one that they're playing the Ritz, which is now Webster Hall. And I, familiar. I, all of a sudden it was, okay, let's do an entire medley acapella with just the four voices. Oh, that's cool. Let's do a mashup of Kenny Rogers, the gambler and Hey Jude. And it works. That's sweet. I, I like that. that. It, it's just they were, you know, they're uh, a ranger within the group of named Lawrence Payton, who had a great head for for melody and medleys and whatever. Um, they know, all the jazz stuff they did back when they started out. And I asked afterwards because I was I was privileged enough to be able to do that here and there. Look, yeah, it's it's New York. It's Greg Village. We were just feeling it. We just felt like it. That's <laughs> okay. awesome. Yeah, I go out of my way to see music throughout the year. Like it was really tough during the pandemic to table all that stuff because nobody was touring. But now that everybody's coming around again, uh, I just find it, I find it difficult not to, not to be there. I just, I love, I love being in that energy and being in those sounds and being with the bands that I, that I love and listen to all the time. Uh, And yeah, we've got a really big one coming up next year where we're going to Colorado Red Rocks to go and see uh, the Sasanta tour, which is Lucifer, A Perfect Circle, and Primus all playing together on the stage at the same time. Wow. 
like it's all like a like a pre um pre rehearsed type of collaborative well, show orchestral kind of thing to yeah but it's like in one place yeah. less claypool playing bass on god knows what and like they always bring out guests at these things so i mean tool could show up for all i know and uh like that's one of my dream venues that is that is absolutely on my bucket list of places to go and see a show and now i'm going to see three of my all-time favorite bands in one night yeah. on the same stage at the same time kill me now <laughs> yeah all right i'll shut up i love it though that was awesome I know. I appreciate y'all uh, indulging me, whether you're listening at home or sitting here, rolling your eyes and waiting for me to be done. No one rolled their eyes. Aaron bought shoes, but no one rolled their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some lightning rounds. <laughs> Bob, why don't you kick it off this one? Oh, all righty then. Uh, okay, really a very quick twosome from one of my favorite places in, in the DC universe, Jay Garrick, The Flash, number two, Jeremy Adams, Diego Olrategua, Luis Guerrero, and Steve Wands. Now, return from limbo, Judy Garrick and Courtney Whitmore, a.k.a. Stargirl, they go to check out the mall. And while it's great that Jay's and, and Jones, her, her, Judy's mom, their memories have returned so has an enemy from the past. And get ready for this, Steve. It's Ro-Bear. It's a robot bear from the 1940s. Of course it is. Of course it is. Why would it be and, anything else? And now, meanwhile, over in Justice Society of America number 7 by Jeff Johns, Marco Santucci, Yvonne Placienza, and Rob Lee, the JSA is on a recruiting binge, which is having mixed results, especially considering their Saturday visit with Solomon Grundy, which... If you know the poem, uh, sorry, Joey, uh, I am loving all these new Golden Age books, and I am certainly hoping DC will keep them running once Jeff Johns leaves for his, you know, whatever he's going to do over there on his own, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, sorry. I love JSA. Over to Marvel, Avengers Inc. number three, Al Ewing, Leonard Kirk, Bellardino Bravo, Alex Sinclair, and Corey Pettit. Jan and, in quotes, Vic Shade, used to be the Vision, but isn't quite now. We don't know what's going on. Well, they head to Valhalla to help the Valkyrie Jane Foster solve an Asgardian murder mystery, and that's of Scourge the Executioner, who's been, well, executed. Solving that, there are still multiple threads from the original mysteries to tug on, such as, well, who was Victor Shade at this point, and... What's Hank Pym up to? Isn't he dead now anyway to get through before we exit in this thing? Just a fun book that will, as all of these miniseries and Marvel seem to do, be just a great trade read once they finally get around to that six months from now. Sensational Shield number two, Rainbow Roll, Andre Genelet, D. Cunliffe, and Joe Carmagna features well, multiple Hulks. And that they tie Jen's distant past to her newer one. There's also a bonus story by Bobby Wilson and Davis Cutler with Jen and the long-absent Wyatt Wingfoot. Oh, and Blastar, who invades Washington, D.C., because why not? Just sort of saying. Finally, there's Captain Marvel number two, Alicia Wong, Jen Bazaldua, Brian Valenza, and Ariana Mar, where the new partnership between Carol Danvers and Yuni Yang well, it's kind of hit a big snag as the negabands that bind them across dimensions have attracted the unwanted attention 
of the corrupted Genesvel and his portal mate, the Omen. Yuna has a plan, however. There's a place she's never been able to break into, one full of mystical items that might just hide the Negavans and solve their problems. Yeah, you guessed it. It's the Sanctum Santorum of Doctor Strange. Hmm. Now, that's not going to go well. We're figuring, but who knows? But anyway, through two issues, Alyssa Wong has, has just been completely sold on the return of the Negabands and the body swapping that was used way, way back by Roy Thomas when he had Marvel and Rick Jones do it in homage to Billy Batson and Captain Marvel. I'm loving what we're doing here. So I guess the only thing to say is Shazam. I'm done. Shazam. Just going to leave me Shazam. alone. Only making lightning by myself. It's fine. I'll be That's right. okay. Don't make lightning for you by myself, Bob. I did lightning. What are you talking about? Uh, I heard Chris and I heard Shazadam. What? Doesn't I matter. always do the lightning because I know what it's like <laughs> not to get lightning. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're enjoying Captain Marvel as much as you are. I completely forgot that that was coming out last week, so I need to double back and go and pick it up because I really enjoyed the first issue quite a bit. What I am curious to know, how are you feeling about She-Hulk, the relaunch overall? I have a quibble, which I yeah. mentioned last time, in only, and it's got nothing to do with the book itself. It, it is a, a nice extension of what Rainbow Roll did with the other She-Hulk. I'm going to yell at clouds. I was promised John Byrne breaking the fourth wall She-Hulk, and I'm not getting it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted that. I can, I can, I'm just happy the book's continuing, but I would like to see the return of, can, you know, can Jen turn to the audience and go like, really? Mm. There, there are like three Hulks in this issue, and can, yeah. come, on, come on, Rainbow, let's fix this. You can see the opportunities for that stuff to come in, yeah. and then it doesn't happen. And so... My thing, I read this last night, and let's let's not get it mixed up. I am, because of the quality of the first and, and Rainbow's name being on it, I enjoyed She-Hulk immensely. Like That's one of my favorite runs from this year. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I have to say, though, since 1 and 2 have come out to do this relaunch, the book is not there for me yet. Like This wasn't the issue to pat me on the back and be like, everything's going to be okay. I don't know if it's just a slow start to what this story is, but this issue in particular just seemed to be a lot of Bruce and She-Hulk like arguing in a circular pattern. And then and it was maybe funny. some Hulk. It was Go ahead. Right. It, it was funny in its own way, but just you're saying about that missed opportunity in the middle of her banter with Bruce, turning to us and saying something would have been very burned. Would have been yeah. very John Byrne. It's like, do you believe I got to do this again? Didn't we do this in 1979? Blah blah blah. I yeah. could. Uh, I hate to say it this way. I could write it. I mean, you I could write it. Chris and Aaron could write what, what I'm talking about here. And if they hadn't said they were going to do that, I wouldn't care. But mm -hmm. you know, a promise is a promise. Of course, Nicholas Cage from It Could Happen to You, and I I live by that. How many issues so far? Just a second. Two. We're at two. <laughs> okay. And they're both good. They're both good issues. It's just uh, you should 
under promise and over deliver is what I learned in retail 45 years ago. And while it's wonderful as it is, I, I feel what Steve is feeling, maybe not as directly, but in some ways more because I grew up on Burns She-Hulk. Yeah, I Steve, mean, how, I, how, how many issues will you go before you say? I mean, honestly, I, I, I would not be surprised if I just keep going with it. I don't know if maybe it'll be a thing where I keep buying it, but I haven't read it in a little bit. Although I have to be okay. honest, like when I opened up my comiXology, it was the first thing I went to because... I was kind of waiting to have that moment where I was like, ah, here we go. Here we. Like we're, you know, now we're back. Um, and it's not, it's like you said, it's not, there's nothing bad about the issue. I just feel like the momentum is not there. It's not like I had like that, that last run, it was good times all the time. Like it was so the, the whole stuff between uh, Jennifer and Jack was so yes. compelling and the cool people in the law office and everything, the big guy with all the, the emojis and symbols and stuff written on the chalkboard Andy, and everything. Andy, the awesome android. Yeah, like there yeah. were so many fun elements to it. And now I just, this issue in particular with just the back and forth Hulk stuff, like, are you angry at me? No, I'm not. Like, I should be angry at you for not calling me and, you know, and not whatever. It just, and then the other two show up and it turns into a brawl on the street and buildings are being smashed and stuff like that. But it just felt, like I said, very circular and that I felt like I read six pages of them having the same argument. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of reading it and being like, I love this creative team. I love the art. I love the writer. What's what am I missing? Like, is it me? Like, what's happening here? Um, so I am going to keep going with it. I'm excited to keep reading it. I just... It's just not doing it for me yet. And I say yet because I'm very confident in that it will eventually click and come back. Um, I Like I said, I trust the creative team entirely. So, And is it a thing that, is it the nature of comics today that, okay, maybe that breakthrough comes as we get to the last issue that will fill up the trade? I don't you know. know. Will the end of issue five be a whole, the, the toad men will show up and she'll complain or she'll be on the cover saying, well, I'll rip up, I'll come to your house and rip up your X-Men the way Byrne had her do. Yeah. It's so funny. Fun. Like, I don't know if you've ever read those, Steve. Which ones? Ever gone back to John Byrne? Uh, the, the John Byrne She-Hulk? Yeah. Um, I think I've dabbled in it, but I've not read like the whole run or anything like that. Yeah, I read he, the, well, he, the Gail Simone the run, I think. Um, she may have done an issue or two. No, there's not a, Gail Simone. There's, a, there's Charles Soule, there's Peter David, there's Steve Gerber. I definitely so, read Charles Soule's uh, run. That was, that yeah. was, I think that was my first She-Hulk run in yeah. full. Uh, and I loved that. I yeah. thought that was um, great. Byrne did um, the first eight and then had a falling out with management over the craziness he was doing. And he left and came back somewhere like three years later. And then finished it all up and pretended, as she had himself on the cover, pretending to renumber it number nine, because <laughs> the other issues don't count. Um, he did some crazy crap. Uh, his 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 take on the character was what he got from his old friend Roger Stern, who had decided that the She-Hulk should love being the She-Hulk twenty four seven. Yeah, 
and put her in the Avengers doing that. And Byrne was, I can do that. What if we go one step further? We're not going to make fun of her necessarily, but she's going to know she's in a comic and she's going to share it with us. And that doesn't have to happen in any other books but mine. But let's have some fun. And it was absolute craziness from the, the first first panel. And yeah. Um, Actually, uh, you put. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. No, just, please just jump doing in. Doing some reporting for you here. I looked up if Gail Simone had ever wrote She-Hulk. Apparently, according to her own Twitter, she has been asked to write She-Hulk twice and had to turn it down because of scheduling conflicts. But she has oh. an idea, a concept, and an outline for She-Hulk. So maybe one day she will. Nice. Uh, I was thinking of the Dan Slott run earlier. Oh, yeah, those two yeah. are exactly the same. I totally no. Teasing, Steve. She wrote Jen really wonderfully in uh, when they were doing the uh, run up to Ben and Alicia's wedding, oh, where yeah. she did a girls' night out event with uh, uh, yes. Jen and Sue and Alicia and all the Marvel ladies going to a strip yeah. club. Yes. What does "make it rain" mean? I think Alicia asked. <laughs> <laughs> love. So we'd love to we'd love to see Gail do some she. Yeah, well, apparently yeah. she has like a whole concept. So maybe one day she will. You know what it is, Bob? I think part of my issue with this is that the way that this series has started, this this relaunch has started, it feels very much like it could have just been numbered alongside the other books. I don't yes. know why we did the whole number one relaunch thing. I know it's to get attention and to maybe grab some new readers, but if this was a relaunch with a promise of like a John Byrne tone, which they very directly said in the lead up mm -hmm. to this, um, it feels exactly like the series that came before. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like anything's changed. It's, it's even still pulling on story threads from the previous. So I just, what? it's a weird situation. I'm going to hold out hope and just keep going with it and see, see what happens. I, I wonder too, I've loved rainbow for ages and ages. I love all of her uh, fiction. She usually writes YA and new adult. I wonder if writing in the like firmly in the adult sphere is like a little outside her comfort zone too. And she's like drawing too much mm. on past, you know, She-Hulk writers because she doesn't usually do it. Hmm. I don't know. Because Runaways, you know, that was a YA comic. Right. So has she done other comics that are adult? I'm trying to think. Um... Let me think. Wait a minute. No, there was a there was an original graphic novel from Rainbow like three years ago. The pumpkin one. That's that's the YA. Right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not then. So her, some of her books are adult, but they're new adults. So they're very YA, but just just past mm -hmm. YA kind of, you know. Right. I am uh, sitting here looking at which I just picked up Eleanor and Park. Yeah, I love Eleanor and Park. Yeah, I haven't, oh. I haven't read it yet. Just got it. So. I love all of hers. The The Simon Snow books are peak. They're so good. Um, and Fangirl just had its 10-year anniversary. So they just put out a new edition that has, like, extra content in it. It's so I'm so Ooh. excited. I can't wait to read what whatever new content there is. I'm so happy. Yeah, I love Rainbow Rowell. She's truly one of my top five favorite authors. Nice. Awesome. Read, read She-Hulk and tell us what you think. Yeah, I'm curious because a lot of times I have found it's a hard transition to go from YA to adult. Um, some authors seem to like lose their footing a little bit when they do that. So I'm wondering 
if that's what's happening here. But maybe I'll read it. I'll I'll see I'll see if I think that's what's going on. But yeah. I could be wrong. Chris, do you not have a mic stand? Is I that used- why you're like game show hosting it tonight? <laughs> I usually She's Bob Barker. Do. Yeah. <laughs> I usually do. So, okay, here's the totally unhinged cat parent thing that's happened that has resulted <laughs> in what is you're witnessing. I uh have moved temporarily into the room that my cat stays in and have just been like sleeping in here with the cat. Um, for oh. my sake more than the cat's. <laughs> to be totally honest, he doesn't care. But I was like, I just want to be near you until you're like adjusted more. Again, I think he's probably fine. Um, he likes to sleep in here. So I just moved in here and I moved all my shit around to do that. And then I just realized after we started recording, the mic stand is over there. So rather than getting up, I'm just like holding it like I'm an on the street reporter. Who's <laughs> <laughs> wondering? I'm watching yeah. it bob around and I'm like, that looks awkward. It usually is on, it is usually on a stand and I, I, I've been trying to like stand it on things and it's not working. So now I'm just like, back to you, Bob. <laughs> You're our, uh, our Freddie Mercury of the podcast. That's what I'm doing. But it, it's all for the cat who again, does not care. He's doing yeah. great, but I wanted to sleep close to him. I just got him. Um, oh gosh, it's been a week. I really should probably adjust a little bit more. <laughs> But All right. I haven't. We need a we need a station logo on the microphone. You know, it needs to say NBC or something on it. PC News. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, Aaron. Aaron. How are you, sir? Yes, 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 yes. I hate All to right. take you away from your shoes, but uh <laughs> talk to us about some Doctor Who. Let me get my. Why are you gonna steal my thunder like that? I don't even understand why. You Jesus, gonna, you know, I actually thought about whether or not I should name it before I ask you, and you know, but, um, me. Yeah, well, you know, another reason not to live that life, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I'm really only talking about one thing this week with my lightning round. Uh, even though I read several books that honestly didn't move the needle. The only thing that really mattered in the world this weekend was the return of Doctor Who. Uh, there's a three-part, uh, what do you want to call it? I don't know, limited sort of run-up holiday season type thing. I don't even know what they're calling it. Now on Disney Plus in the United States. Uh, and this episode was called Doctor Who the Star Beast. The Doctor is caught up in a fight to the death as a spaceship crash lands in London. But as the battle uh, wreaks havoc, Destiny is converging on the Doctor's old friend, Donna. That's literally taken from the description. Now, and if you really think about it, that's probably how 80% of the Doctor Who episodes have uh, yeah. have played themselves out. So there was really and, and Brit- Right, British sci-fi movies of the 50s. Too. Exactly. Like a lot of, covers yeah. a lot of territory. It was really, you could probably read that description, and it really applies to probably like 60 other episodes from you know easily so you know the the best part about this though is i think it brings back um arguably or in my case objectively the second best doctor fight me um and uh, uh my favorite companion so you got starring well creator russell t davis starring uh russell Ooh. t davies uh starring david Tennant, catherine tate who we all love as donna noble Yasmin Finney, who you remember from Heart Heart yes. Stopper, uh, Love her. Carl, you know Carl Collins, Jacqueline King, and Ruth uh, Madeley, uh, who are all rounding out the cast uh, as semi regular ish 
characters to some degree. Um, there's a lot of focus on the, the, the focus of this episode is really on Donna, mostly on Donna. What's been going on with Donna since we last saw her? Well, since we last saw her as the companion, you may remember that at the end of her season, uh, she had to, in order to save the day, uh, after a, a season of her continually reminding herself that she's just an ordinary person who's not special at all and she's not. You know, there's nothing interesting about her. There's nothing special about her. Actually becoming the Dr. Donna because she had to absorb a Time Lord, the mind of a Time Lord into her own, making her basically a Time Lord human hybrid and incredibly smart. Um, Problem was the human brain wasn't meant for that. And if she, the doctor had to basically lock that part of her brain away. Problem is if she remembered him or any part of that, it would kill her. So she basically, even though she had this really incredible arc uh, over that season, doing some amazing things, basically saving universes in the end. In the end, she had to return to feeling the same way she did before. Like there was nothing special about her, nothing great. She was just this ordinary person. And basically everything she'd experienced, she couldn't remember anymore. But the people around her could. And their job was to make sure that she never remembered it. So it was really a heartbreaking ending. Well, this sort of picks up where that left off to a degree. Um, It is about, I don't know, 16, 17 years later. Donna now has a daughter named Rose, played by Yasmin Finney, uh, and a husband. You remember remember the husband. It's the same actor. A husband that she married in that final episode. She has given away all of her money. Uh, so they're not living on easy street. You may remember from that last episode with Donna that, excuse me, that last episode with Donna, that the doctor happened to slip into the pocket of her grandfather, a winning lottery ticket. Uh, yes, I do remember uh, that. Okay. Would have given them uh, what, which basically would have given them 166 million pounds. Come to find out later that Donna gave it away. Um, uh, people are, Passive aggressively salty about it, but I can tell, but they're not really saying it. I, I, I'm sensing that there's some passive aggressively passive aggressive salt about it, but you know, you mean fans um, or characters in the characters in the show? Okay, um, but the way it was handled was really really cool. In any event, you come to find them again in their normal environment, you know, living a life as a wife, you know, mother, daughter, just doing your thing, just sort of living this life, being ever, you know, Donna sort of talking so much and being in everyone's face, but at the same time realizing that there's something missing. There's like a blank spot in her life that she can't quite fill in. She shares it with her mother. The doctor returns. We Again, the second best doctor returns with the second best doctor's face. And, there's trying to, and you're trying to understand why his face has returned. There's some relationship between that and what's going on with Don. Like we said in our description up at top, there's a, the, the destiny converging. Um, we find them on another Dr. Donna adventure. She doesn't quite understand why, but she's just falling into all of her old routines, sort of following him, chasing him, questioning him, challenging him, all these things that we love so much about it. Skip ahead to the end, because I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it yet. Skip ahead to the end. Had a really interesting turn of events that sort of moved that story forward. A really interesting um utilization of gender identity 
to really play a role in saving the day. I know there are some people who, you know, won't love that. Fuck them. Makes, that makes me love it more. Um, I know there are some people who are just blown away by it and think it's brilliant. I'll take them to lunch. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's all fine. But in the end, it was really like revisiting an old friend that was so fun and so comfortable um, and just exciting. And it just hit the ground running. It got you engaged with all the, the things that Russell is so good at doing that I, I had almost forgotten. And that is planting those seeds to get you hooked, making you ask questions the same time the doctor is asking questions, making you talk yourself through the whole process and free and be completely engaged in whatever the story is, whatever the mystery is. And in the end, when everything sort of plays itself out, you literally just take a deep breath, like, wow, that was, that was a lot. You know, we, we, we've, we've been through a lot. You sort of feel that way. It also made it so evident how shortchanged Jodie Whittaker was in her seasons that she didn't get stories that were as well-rounded or as engaging as this, that didn't allow her to sort of tap into some of these uh, sort of storytelling vehicles or develop relationships that were as solid and easy to slip back into as this one uh, was for those of us who enjoyed it. Um, makes me sad for her, for her character, for her character arc, because it could have been so much more. Um, but you know, I was so happy to see this back. There's two more episodes that are coming. And then I guess we'll go on to the next phase of, you know, Dr. Who, which I'm even more excited about. So um, that's my lightning round. I loved it. I can't wait to see more. Shazadam. I love the, um, the, the clip that's been going around where the doctor is uh, talking about pronouns with the little star beast. I, uh -huh. I've never watched Doctor Who a single day yeah. in my life, but everyone is obsessed with this clip. So, of course, I've seen it, too. And that's so cute. Yeah. Where he's like asking uh, he's asking the creature uh what its pronouns are and it uses Whoa. the definite article the which i love <laughs> yep <laughs> so it's it's just really i and it wasn't it honestly what i don't feel as though it was maybe it's, it's a matter of perspective i don't feel as though it was like beating you in the face and like trying to give you like an after school special size sort of lesson in gender identity it just was what it was and moved on yeah. You well, know, I love it there was, was the trans actress that got to have that moment to mm -hmm. be like, doctor, you should ask, you know? Yep. I love, I, I also appreciated that they did have a little conversation mm -hmm. with, the, with Donna's mother, who, you know, typically she's sort of like a crabby, salty, you know, type of, of character when it comes to, well, actually, no, when it comes to the doctor and also previously when it came to Donna. So it was interesting to see that relationship sort of softened. Um, but the way that she was trying to be so intentional about what pronouns she used in referencing Rose, um, and recognizing that she slips up sometimes, but she feels so horrible about it. And she's trying and she's trying and she's trying. And that Donna was so accepting of that and just sort of reassuring that it's, you know, we all do it. We're going to do it. Mm -hmm. We all what we have to do is basically agree that we're going to try our best yeah, and work harder. And that was, I thought really good. And then the door blew down. So, you know, 
back to the adventure. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so there were explosions. So back to the adventure. So you know, it yeah. is what it is. But it's just it was just really great. Is again just like slipping back into a super super comfortable you know relationship that i'm looking forward to seeing play out even though it's the second best doctor and i know you hear me you know who you are come at me bro tom baker is, is the tom best baker the best the first, no matt smith is the best is the oh he's not best okay. Baker is. I, I genuinely i i've never heard fight me talk fight about me on there so fight i just me. wanted to know <laughs> I, matt, matt smith. smith is my favorite doctor but I can understand why Tennant would be. I've never seen enough of the Tom Baker Doctor Who to really have an opinion on that. I am curious. Donna Noble, favorite uh-huh. companion. Yes. She is my favorite companion. She is my right. favorite companion for a variety of reasons. Number one, she wasn't some side piece that was constantly falling in love with him. Yeah. She told him from the very get-go, you are not my type. Your suit's too tight. And there's a lot of writing involved here. So what? No, move on. <laughs> That's really So she basically let him know. She made it clear that she loved their friendship. And that was it. She never played second fiddle to him. Whereas I feel like as much as I, I really like Rose, as much as I really wanted to like Martha more, almost immediately, like from literally like episode one, she's like falling for him. And I'm like, you literally just ended. Yeah. Martha, Martha rubbed me the wrong way real quick when that was, oh it was God. obvious that they were going in that direction. When I thought they were going to move her over to Torchwood, I was like, perfect, get her out of that Doctor Who space and move her over to Torchwood. But in any event, Donna came in, she's just like, no, no, we're not doing this. I'm, I'm along because I need something more than what my life is. And you look like you can give it to me, but I will shut you down at any point. And she did over and over and over again. And she challenged him, but she wasn't like, she wasn't Amy Pond. She wasn't just doing stupid things for the sake of doing stupid things to say that she's a strong woman. She was actually just a strong woman. And that woman. was pretty yeah, much it. Oh, I love Amy Pond. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, though. I'm really glad to hear that. I need to watch that with Bronwyn. I have, I have, a, quick, I have a quick question for you, Aaron, in the sense of if, if I'm playing screenwriter, uh-huh. I haven't seen the episode yet. It, has the doctor remanifested as the David Tennant faced version of it to yes. lure Donna into adventuring? Uh, but that's the thing; they don't know. He didn't have; they didn't have control over the face. It just okay. It, it is what it is. It pops up. He is trying to figure out why that face is back. He doesn't know, um, gotcha. and I think. I think what the hint they're trying to make is there's something coming that has going to impact, has impact to all of them. Oh, wait. Okay. Oh. I got a question. And that's why the face is back. Gotcha. Okay. Um, realizing that this is probably getting into spoiler territory. And if you want to tell me off air, feel free. But so Jody Whitaker was the doctor before the special, correct? Correct. Right. So, is she in the special? I like no. at the beginning. No, he changed. So, he changed no, it to Shannon. They changed it to Tenet at the end of her last episode. Okay, that was my question. Yeah. Okay, yep. Fascinating. All right. No, she was nowhere to be seen. Damn it! He, he, I gotta... he only mentioned once. He goes, "I was this. I was that. Then I was a. I was a Scott. I was a Brit. And I was a woman. And I was. <laughs> and no, here I am again." 
how do you how do you watch this? Because I have the hardest time trying to watch anything from the BBC here in Canada. It's on Disney That's Plus. Weird. Now. Oh, it's on. It's just on it's Disney Plus. Just on Disney Plus. <laughs> Did they put all the seasons on there yet? No, it's, seasons are still on Max. <sighs> it's strange. I'm telling you, oh. Steve, you got to get a VPN and just pretend to be an. American. <laughs> I got a really VPN. Do. The yeah. VPN kind of sucks. Yeah, well, it's time to just pretend you live here. <laughs> That's the it's only true. reason you ever want to. But my VPN one. is set to US East. Like it's it's a whole thing. Like it, it sometimes it works, sometimes it. it doesn't, or sometimes it works, but then it wants me to go through a bunch of captcha shit just to get to the uh, <laughs> yeah. website that I want to get to. It's slow. It's a whole thing. Well, clearly it's you weird. need to get insert the people that are sponsoring us here. <laughs> <It's like> Express <laughs> VPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More <laughs> VPN. No. Now sponsoring. Talking uh, about what do I? Have? I'm kidding, it's, listeners. It's I have private internet access. There's your you answer right there. there. You need to get something um, that anyone's heard of. <laughs> ooh, wow. 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 If, wow. If, if that's if that's our sponsor, we'll go with them onto yeah. the dark web. Sure, why not? Oh, so what's interesting is, yeah, all because Carolyn went back and watched season four, which was her season, uh, on Max. <laughs> like after watching this episode, she's like, I'm going to go back and watch the whole thing. And she did. And she Love loved it. it. Um, but it's all still on Max, whereas the new episodes are on Disney Plus and That's they so put annoying. them out there a week, a week at a time. Um, and it's interesting because they aired, I guess, what would that be, like seven o'clock? in uk time anyway it ended up 7 30 rather it ended up being 1 30 here so oh, they put it up and you can have it you can see that it's going to become available eventually but you can't watch it until 1 30 okay <laughs> so you know and that's basically how it is and so now stuff now and it's, the episode is literally 58 commercial free minutes long all right I, so. I, let me just ask we're talking about favorite doctors and stuff who's everyone's first mine was actually Peter Cushing in the two Hammer movies that were on in the early 60s before I could see any of the TV shows. I'm going to ignore you said that. I, um, I, I tried to make eye contact with Aaron, and I was like, are we going to, do we make a joke about who was I'm our first? going to ignore <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that you said Peter Cushing, because I know the movies that you're talking about. Oh. Yes. And it's like saying Kathy Lee Crosby's Wonder Woman is your favorite Wonder I, Woman. I, That's I, how I, I, I didn't say he was my favorite. I My favorite's Tom Baker, but he was, he was my first. Wait, so Aaron, you're making fun of him for the content of what he said? You're not going to make fun of him for saying who was your first? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm getting I'm getting back Bob there. just claimed <laughs> that he had sex with her, with Peter, uh, Cushing. Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. And you uh, let that yes. go right past? No, 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 no. I was I was torn between what I was most outraged about. I don't, oh. I don't, I don't know. But, um, I mean, I, I, uh, yeah. uh, Christopher Eccleston. That I've was seen, mine as well. Yeah, I've seen exactly three episodes of Doctor Who, exactly the same amount as I've seen of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. By the way, um, <laughs> so I've seen you need one. To get on Buffy. I, no, anyway. that's never going to happen ever, ever, Aaron. Not for him. No, but, we'll talk offline. Anyway, B- Buffy is um, never happening in this lifetime. We can talk offline, but if uh, go to listen, listeners, if you want to know why, listen to every episode of Go in which we have unpacked it because <laughs> TJ is a Buffy stand, but it'll never happen. Anyway, that aside, I have seen three episodes one Eccleston and two Tenets, and that's it. That's all I've ever seen. Actually, my first was Tom Baker. My first doctor was on, on PBS. Baker, probably, on right? PBS yeah. as a kid. Yeah. 
when they had the yep. plungers on the front of the, the trash cans that were yeah. driving around like like Daleks and we were supposed to believe this was high science fiction. Yes. Um, you know, it was, you know, I that's where my memory of it came. I remember mm-hmm. I was telling my mom not too long ago that I remember sitting in my grandfather's living room watching it on PBS over the summer when we were home from school and just sort of seeing it. I think it was Tom Baker and I think maybe a little bit of um, Davidson um at the time uh but i think i I can't remember but the one that shines the brightest in my memory is is tom baker um because this is like the you know late 70s early 80s all that stuff so but yeah but then i'll be honest i'll be i i've said this before if we're going to go into our dr who lore i didn't like christopher eccleston's doctor um in the scheme of things i understand because i think they explained it a little bit at the end of Matt Smith's season, um, I just thought he was mean. I thought he was disrespectful to Rose. I think he was kind of misogynistic in some ways. I, I, I yeah, just he was very mean. Now they later, and I think that's why people love Tennant so much because he was a much nicer, calmer, cooler, you know, relaxed individual. They kind of explained it a little bit with. At the end of Doctor uh, Matt Smith's season, when they were talking about who, like how he started, he's like, "Remember when you first met me? I was this gruff, mean, blah 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 blah." Or what? You know, when I I, I used to be this way, and sort of like going that full oh, that's cycle. Nice. That's clever. But still, I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like him. But you know, it is what Quick. it is. Quick sidebar, thanks to my former co-worker, Julia, at last Christmas, I have an officially, from the pattern, 28-foot-long Tom Baker Doctor Who scarf. We're we're getting to that time of the year. They were selling them at Awesome Con for like 200 bucks. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. There's a lot of wool that goes into one of those puppies. They were hand-knitted, so I was like, yeah, I can understand then why you were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Makes sense. So Disney Plus, I got to check this out. Disney Plus, get on that. All right. Glad to hear it was so awesome. I'll have to, I'll report back next week. I'm sure once I tell Bronwyn that it's available, she'll want to watch it right away. Uh, and I'm really excited for uh, Shudi Gatwa to take over the role. I will definitely yeah. be watching that. 100% there. Cannot wait. Yeah, very, very excited. Um, I was so pissed. I saw earlier today that they're adding a character to Heartstopper season three. And I clicked on the article and it was one of those like, do you want to donate to us or do you want us to send you notifications thing blocking me from uh, reading the rest of it? But apparently they're getting a a new character in the cast for season three. And they were pictured (laughs) with uh, the sister. I can never remember her name. (gasps) Oh, Tori. Um, Tori, oh, yeah. I, it's probably, um, it's probably, I don't, well, I guess if you want to go in without any knowledge from the content coming, skip ahead the five seconds while I say this comment. It's probably oh, the <laughs> the boyfriend character from the books. Ah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's exciting. That's really cool. They did say at some point that they weren't going to use the content from the books, but I I always kind of thought that was bullshit, and they probably would. So. Oh, they're totally. I mean, the the whole first season, 
was practically a one to one page to screen well, adaptation. I mean the books, not the comics. So she has oh. the comics and then she has some oh, uh, yes, prose yes, books yes. as well. And she said she was not going to use anything from the prose books or. Or at least there were some interviews where she's like, I won't use them. And then lately she's like, well, I will use this one. And now there's this. So I'm like, oh, you're just going to use all of them. Just don't lie. Stop <laughs> lying. The longer this goes on, the more you're going to use the rest of the content. Don't don't lie to us. Um, so it's probably that. Because Tori has her own book and there's a character. There's a love interest. So mm. that's probably who it is. Mm. All right, then. Spicy. Yeah, not not really, but you'll no, see. Okay. You'll see. <laughs> All right, Chris, do you want to do a lightning round or you want I me to do, do mine? I can do mine. <laughs> I would like to request to split mine into two distinct lightning rounds because Saltburn deserves its own lightning round, if that's all right. Sure. Making the line on the paper right now. Thank you. I just I just feel like it needs its own space uh, because it has its own space in my brain. Um, <laughs> Mm. Yeah, so spoiler alert, we're going to get to Saltburn, but let's talk comics first because it's a comics podcast and then I will Oh, that's a that's Isn't a, it? What a shock. From last week. Yeah. What a <laughs> shock. <laughs> all right. So, I have some webtoons for you all. I know, surprise. Uh, so this week I read Slice of Life. I'm so excited to finally get to this one. I've been meaning to get to it for a full year because I met the writers of it, the writer artist of it from uh at Baltimore Comic Con a full year ago. Um they're going to come on Thirsty on Tune at some point. Ooh. And then life got in the way as <laughs> everyone who listens to the show knows and it just didn't happen um but it will happen it will happen they're so cool love them to pieces so i jumped into this this week it is so much fun slice of life is a blast it is a very relatable story about two sisters one is deeply obsessed with this anime called uh lady of vengeance which is about a badass girl who is like basically kill billing her way through getting vengeance on the guy who killed her beloved. Mm -hmm. um, and they are, it starts out with the two sisters. One is the other one is a cheerleader and they are watching the series finale as the, this uh, Yuriko, the lady vengeance is supposed to get vengeance on this man. But the series finale ends tragically when both the villain and the hero die. And the, uh, the sisters are distraught and upset and have very different feelings where the, the cheerleader character, our main character, wanted um, the Lady Vengeance to have autonomy and to go off and live a good life. Whereas the obsessed fangirl wanted the like tragic anime ending of her to mourn her beloved forever, like a very fanfic every, ending. Every sunset. Every, every sunset to cry <laughs> over him. And our main character is like, that's worse than her dying. Why would you want that? What do you mean? Um, but they are basically both traumatized by series finale, as we've all been, I'm sure. We've uh, <laughs> all been there. And then in a strange turn of events, as they are going to sleep for the night, this character is drawn out of the anime and into their real lives. And suddenly oh. Lady Vengeance Oops. is there. And uh, the main character, Miss Cheerleader, is like, oh, she's actually quite sexy in real life. <laughs> um, and uh, cool Lady world, Vengeance. world, all over again. I know. Lady Vengeance grabs her by the like lapel of her cheerleading outfit. And she's like, oh, <laughs> uh, I know you're threatening me, but 
oh, <laughs> something has awakened. Uh, I'm posting a picture of that right now because it was great. It cracked me up. And uh, what this leads to is like Lady Vengeance realizing she's stuck in the real world and learning that she was a character and never had her own autonomy. But now she's she's a person and she can decide what she wants to do. And maybe she doesn't want to spend her whole life mourning some man. Maybe she wants to fall in love with a cheerleader. Maybe she wants to choose what her future is. And it's so cute. And um, yeah, it's about developing your own autonomy and your sense of self. And it's about like sapphic love. And it's about fandom. And it's amazing. And it's adorable. (laughs) And I love it to pieces. And like the whole first arc is them like helping her decide what she wants to do with her life. It's genuinely so cute. Um, So fully recommend. Absolutely love it. Question. Yes. Tell me the creator for this one again. Steve. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> well, they, they list themselves as Kat and Phil, but it, yes. it's Catherine. Okay. Because I, I just searched yeah. Slice of Life on Webtoon, and I've got three it's comics, and none of these are the one. GL. For yes, girl and, love. And, right. And art by Valeria Perry. Yeah. So I met Kat and Phil is who I met. Um, Kat with a K, Kat and Phil. I might need you to get me to send me a link. Okay. Will do. All right. So I also read uh, Morgana and Oz. This is what I've been reading for a long time. I Like, it's been going for a long time. So I keep popping into it. Send some art to the chat for you all. This one is a humorous, like, little fun gothic story. Um, it's like it's taking from like gothic horror, but it, it's a cute romance instead about these two warring families where one is the witch family, one is the vampire family. Oh, yeah. I talked about this a little while ago. Did you? I missed that. I did. Yeah. No, I totally brought this to the show oh. like maybe a month or two ago. Oh, I totally missed that episode. I, I yeah, this is a lot of, of fun. I like this one. Oh, oh, lol, my bad. I totally missed that you already no, brought it. No, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, to remind people, if you don't remember, Morgana Nas is so cute. Um, so Morgana is the the witch daughter who's really bad at magic, and Oz is the like grumpy to her sunshine witch. Uh, he's the grumpy vampire punk, and she accidentally turns him into an adorable fluffy kitty cat, which um, well. starts out be- basically a forced proximity romance as she has to keep him around till she figures out how to turn him back and not cause a war between the vampires and witches. It's adorable. It's cute. It's got all these gothic tropes. Um, and it's just so much fun. And it is a very, very cute romance. Cute enough that I will read a straight romance, which should tell you it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I am uh, nine episodes into Morgana and oh, Oz. Rad. Okay, I'm pretty close to caught up on it. So I'm, I'm pretty deep into it. God, Love I have pieces. so many subscriptions that I need to catch up on in That's Webtoon. Fair. It's disgusting. <laughs> I just uh, subscribed to something called Mafia Nanny. Oh, yeah, Mafia Nanny. Yep. <laughs> and then the final one I read was Rose and Sunflower, which is a brand new one. Um, also very gorgeous art. I'll send this one to the chat. This one, I am having a hard time even figuring out how to tell you what it is. Uh, again, it just started. It is very mysterious. But basically, it's this Ooh. character, right? It's this character, Louisa, and she is a psychic that reads things off of objects. Um, and so she, but only certain objects. So she's looking in the world for these objects that have this psychic resonance and she's protecting them and they have a music to them. So she finds uh, 
a bookmark that plays Chopin when she touches it. And it takes her back to this moment where full of music and, um, you know, she sees this music lesson and it's trying to tell her something and she's trying to piece it all together. But there's a lot going on with her. There's this mystery behind her too. Like she's escaping something and we don't know what's going on there. And then right across the hall from her moves in these brother and sister, the sister of which is pretty hot and Louisa notices uh, um, that are also trying to escape something. So you have these two next door neighbors in this apartment building who are both hiding from the past, trying not to let each other know that they're both hiding from the past. While the brother who is like this sunshine boy is like, let's all be friends. And the, t- the sister and the girl are like, we are trying not to be caught. You cannot just be like chill and having like garden parties. Can you like calm down? Um, yeah they have a huge housewarming party with like 50 people in it it seems like i know it's great uh so i have no idea what's going on like i i wanted to when i started reading it and i knew i was going to talk about it i was like okay maybe if i get further in i'll know what to say about this and i did and i still don't I have no, no idea what else to say about it, but it's mysterious I'll, and beautiful. And yes, right, Bob, and, please go. Yeah, jump, jumping in here, because where we end is kind of where we might have thought with their first meeting, where Allie, the, the sister there, yeah. uh, Jazz's sister, uh, Louise is very intimidated. Yeah. Really intimidated. Just yeah. like gobsmacked would be the English word. Yeah. And there's a moment at the end that's like, oh, this is going somewhere four different ways to Sunday. It's, yeah. I can't wait to see where, because we're, we're only six in so far. Yeah. It's very mysterious, right? Yeah. Like, I have no idea what's going on, and I'm so down. And it's beautiful. I, I really like how it plays with paneling. There's one where you see an above shot of their two apartments so that you're seeing into mm-hmm. hers and yeah. into theirs at yeah. the same as time you, from As above. if you pulled the roof off, right? Yeah, yes. I yeah. loved that. That one gave me shivers, just how gorgeous it was. I was like, uh, yeah. The use, the use of the musical notes yeah. as as through that sequence you're talking about, as they start to get twisted together. Yeah. I know. And then I, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's something happens. It's like, oh, that, oh, that's, oh. Yeah. It's good. How what is Louisa think? doing this and why? And yeah. yeah what does it mean? Yeah. You were going to say, I'm sorry. Of, uh, what did you think of Slice of Life? Because I saw you started that one I, as well. I really enjoyed that. And yeah. it, it, love, love fish out of water stories. No. I, I'm only through the first eight. So we're, okay. we're like, I'm, I'm just into the, the second or third chapter. We can see where it's going. Yeah. And you mentioned Kill Bill. They're both borrowing from, there, there are some Japanese films, Lady Snowblood. Yes. Yeah. And that's cool by me. You're gonna you're gonna go there, and Yuriko, our our, our lady vengeance, yes, who's sort of in the same way that that uh, Carol Danvers isn't happy with being the annihilator. I'm not sure that Yuriko is happy with being oh, lady no. vengeance, no. especially when she starts tearing up limited edition lithographs and posters. <laughs> I know. That hurt me a lot as a collector. That was I, like, I felt your pain. I was like, oh, Bob's yeah. not gonna be okay for this moment. <laughs> But but our twin sisters, Lucy the cheerleader, Raven the, the the nerd. Yeah. It's a lovely dichotomy that that they're watching the the show and Lucy is so upset. Why are we upset about a cartoon? <laughs> yeah. Raven Raven watches the cartoon clutching a stuffed Lady Lady Vengeance, Vengeance figure. Yeah. Who is also the avatar of the series as we watch it, as we get to the end of each episode of the yeah. webtoon. You know, I it's love like, it. Do do not 
tempt the wrath of Lady Vengeance. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. There's I love a, it's it. It's just a lovely vibe, lovely energy. It's fun, and the art is just absolutely lovely. It's the only yeah. word to say. I, I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. Yeah. As you could probably tell, my theme for my uh, lightning round this week was like cozy um, for this like cold night to just have to settle in for these three and yes. really get some comfort, uh, which I'm immediately going to destroy. Blow up. So let's have a second round of lightning as we just. Can, I just, can I just say <laughs> yes, real quick? That I think it's hilarious that the one webtoon that I checked out before we started recording the show is the one that you omitted from you the outline. You didn't put your name down. <laughs> you didn't put your name down. You got to put I your name down. I was busy eating pizza. If you don't put your name down, there's a chance I'll cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Which one did you read? Because T for up. two. Oh, okay. Uh, well, my problem was I only ended up reading one of the episodes and I didn't feel like I had enough to say. But Does that take you all of seven and a half seconds? I got sucked in to uh, reading way too much of the other ones. And then I was like, shit, I didn't actually read that one. So, um, Yeah, please bad. send me a link for the Slice of Life because I, I got the other two. Okay. And uh, I'll, I'll return to the Webtoon conversation. But for now, Saltburn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, y'all. I, I warned everyone in our group chat that Saltburn was going to become my entire personality. I was right. I was right. Um, holy shit. Okay. I, first of all, I want to say, I recommend going to see this movie knowing as little as possible. So I'm going to try to say as little oh, as possible okay. about the actual plots. I'm going to talk around the plots in my review. Um, so here's what I'm going to say, because I've seen the online response and I want to provide a service. This is my PSA. Too many of y'all went to see this with your family. Don't know what the fuck you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Too many of y'all went to see it with your moms. I don't know what you were thinking. Oh, no. None of, the, share... none, of, none of these people show uh, watch Promising Young Woman. I know. If you share <laughs> yeah. genetic material with somebody, do not go to the theater with them. <laughs> like, just be clear. Yeah. Saltburn is one you watch with friends who have dirt on you. Like, you watch this with people who've gone there and back with you, okay? That you can, like, stand to go through something and still look them in the eyes. That's what you watch Saltburn with. If you, like, somebody said they went on a first date to this movie, you were never talking to that person again, just to be clear. Like, you're, <laughs> do not do this. That's my PSA number oh. one. Uh, <laughs> PSA number two, again, go in knowing as little as possible, except here's the one exception. Too many of y'all went in because Jacob Elordi is hot and you thought this was a romance. It is not a fucking romance. This is a horror oh. movie. This is a horror movie. <laughs> It's not a romance. This is not Call Me By Your Name. I don't care how many beautiful settings there are. It is full horror. This is the most fucked up movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, <laughs> I really? love horror. I love horror. I loved Malignant. I have I have seen Infinity Pool. This movie tops it all. This movie is so fucked up. Okay. You know I love Saw. This movie is fucked yeah. up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Those were my PSAs. Here's my actual review. I love this movie. This is a horror movie. Like, Fennel made 
promising young woman to like make a point to say something interesting. She made Saltburn to have a good time. She made this movie to be like, I want to play Brit pop and do fucked up things and laugh. And that's what we did. I laughed the entire movie. It was like, one third humor laughter because everyone in this movie is so funny. Rosamund Pike's comedic timing in this movie, she slayed me. I was awesome. genuinely in tears laughing at some of her lines. One third of my laughter was panicked laughter. Oh, one no. third of my laughter was horrified, shocked laughter. <laughs> but either way, I laughed the entire movie. Okay. Nonstop laughter. It was amazing. Um, it was so much fun. Like, I genuinely don't think I've had this much fun at a movie since Bottoms. <laughs> like, that's those movies were the most fun I've had this whole year watching movies. This was easily my favorite movie of the entire year. I loved it. I'm obsessed. I will be thinking about nothing else. It's so good. The acting is incredible. Um, it has nothing to say. Just to be clear, I think some it's people okay. are mad that it's like some people are calling it vapid. Yeah, it is. So fucking what? It didn't try to have anything to say. <laughs> Nobody. She, she's like, I did promising young woman. I've already had something to say. This one was for the girls, the gays, and the theys, and we had a great time. Okay. <laughs> the other thing was, I'm seeing that a lot of like straight men, the dude bros, the ones that are like well. insecure, hated it and walked out. And I love that. Good. Good. They wanted to hurl. Good. <laughs> apparently they were the, the audience that got alienated love that for for me i all i know is i saw it in a movie theater with gays and women like the theater was full of gays and women and we all bonded we were like in the middle of the movie turning around to people that we did not know going oh my god did you see that and they were like yeah what the fuck and it was great we all <laughs> gathered afterward strangers in the movie theater outside afterward and we're like holy shit blah blah blah, blah. like we were talking we were bonding it was the best experience i've had at a movie in so long it was so fucking wild. Like, I truly, I truly cannot overstate how I've never seen a movie like this. I, again, I went with two of my best friends, I went with TJ and then one of our best friends. And our friend that went with us literally turned to me. And I mean this so seriously. She said, what if we never see another movie this like this in our whole lives? And I was like, I think that's possible. <laughs> I think it's truly possible that we will never have this experience again. <laughs> like it's Damn. so singular. It is so singular. Um, a couple of other things that I just want to drop on. Uh, again, some people, again, the, the internet discourse has been pissing me off. Some people say this movie is pro rich people, which I think is insane. If you think that, I have to talk to you. I'm talking to people who feel this about this movie. If you think that, then your ability to spot red flags ends when a man is above 6'1", okay? That man <laughs> is not relatable and a good person. He's just tall. He's just tall. He's a bad person. Just, I need you to really internalize that when you're watching the movie. He is not good. He's just tall. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, he's the only relatable character. He's fucked up. He's not a good person. He's just pretty. And like, I get it. Oh. Jacob Elordi looks like he sprung from the head of Tolkien. He looks like he's going to take you to the Council of Elrond. I get it. <laughs> Gorgeous man. He looks like an elf. He's a horrible person in this movie. And I need people to recognize that because it's freaking me out a little bit. Then people aren't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I, I don't know if I can say anything else without ruining anything. Oh, Barry Kogan, love of my life, is 
really trying to compete with Nicholas Holt for the freaky young weirdo award of just like, you see him a movie, you know, some fucked up shit's about to happen. And now my like life goal is to see them both in one movie, just being freaky and Mm. weird at each other. Like that's all I want. Mm. Just like one movie where they're like chewing scenery at each other, I think would be so great. Maybe um, having the s'mores together. They're just, they're just like, <laughs> like just being weird together at each other. I think would be incredible. Um, this movie's very gay. It is very gay. Uh, it is as gay as you think it is. I think I said last week that I had heard it was uh, Timothy Chalamet fuck a peach gay. It is Timothy Chalamet <laughs> fuck a peach gay. That is exactly as gay as it is. Um, it's great, and yeah. I think that's all I wanted to say. I'm like, I want to you say so much more, but I also don't want to spoil anything. Thing. No. Oh yeah, no, you don't even know what the plot is, and you never will. It's also beautiful. It's one of the most beautifully cinematic movies ever. It and looks it's like it's of, gorgeously shot. It's just yeah. the 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 environments that you see yeah. in the trailer and the the costuming and everything. It's got a good vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, it's like gothic horror dark academia but shot through this like sunshine lens where everyone's wearing linens and like this like rosamund pike is draped in like linen clothes and is walking around being rich and beautiful and i'm just like yes and brit pop's playing and you're just like amazing amazing merchant merchant ivory crossed with ready or not Yes, but with the like fucked up sensibility of like a malignant times okay. a thousand, well, or so, like parasite, like parasite, but like times a thousand. Yes. Like okay, times so here's thousand. our here's the elevator pit, right? <laughs> we yeah, go. yeah. Like you think you know how fucked up it is? I promise you, you don't. And the thing all right, is, all right, all right, all right, all right. Audi- no, audi- no. audition effed up. Oh, no. Has anyone seen more, audition? More, more yes, Bob. I've seen audition. More, more, more effed up than audition. Um, okay. Yes. Here's the deal, Bob. They did this intentionally where they dropped some of the stuff that happens in it, and you're like, okay, that's as fucked up as it's going to get. It isn't. That they did that intentionally. Okay. It's not. There's stuff they didn't talk about that's worse. All right. I I'm gonna go see this. So let's Okay. Let's let's cut it here. I'm so happy. I'm I, know, already... I, I genuinely haven't spoiled anything because you're not No, it's not a matter of spoiling. It's a matter of of the hype is through the roof. Okay. Right now, yeah. and I, I, I need I to just it. stay at a comfortable level okay. so I can go then, in and let and me have say this time. one final thing that is not about the movie and is sure. just about the fact that I want to. I'm in love with Barry Kogan. Okay, uh, <laughs> I feel like again, I love Eternals. This is where I fell in love with him, and then I've just discovered that you, watching through his filmography that only he only ever plays freaky weirdos outside of Eternals. I gotta say, this is the one thing I will say. Uh, listeners, it's not a prosthetic, and we know what Makari was smiling about. Holy motherfucking shit! <laughs> Oops! Oops! Now, All right. Uh, there, there's this an eleven forty attack now. There's an eleven forty five show tomorrow morning. Is this a movie to see in the in the light of day or not? I saw it in the middle of the afternoon, so yeah, okay. why not? Yeah. All right. Okay. It was jarring to come out and it still be the afternoon. That's so I was like, why I'm asking. Yes. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see how Bronwyn's feeling this weekend, and maybe we can go to like uh, a early Sunday show or something. There you go. There you go. Good lord. I don't know. She's got a big. She's got a big audit to do next I week. I know. Like, fuck with her brain after the audit. This movie's gonna like mess. This her will, that would be that would be afterwards. I mean, we got we got D and D for the first time in a long time this weekend too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe wait till after she's done because this, like, <laughs> genuinely, I think I told you after the movie, I drove home, which was an hour, and then I laid on the couch for two additional hours just processing. 
That's awesome. I love movies like that. I had a a bit, not a, not a similar experience, I guess, but as far as a movie that's going to make you think for a while, I watched one of those this weekend. Oh, talk about, oh, let's talk about it. Your lightning round. Well, let's hear it. Wow. (laughs) I did did it when you was talking about it. I did it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the movie that I'm talking about is Hayao Miyazaki's The Boy and the Heron. So this was supposed to be Miyazaki's final film. And then, of course, for like the third time in his career, he's like, ah, just kidding. I still got more in me, more stories to tell. You should have shared to his soundtrack, considering she's had four farewell tours. (laughs) If this was his last movie, it would have been a hell of a note to go out on. I don't say this lightly because... I love Studio Ghibli. I love a vast majority of their films. There are some that I still have yet to see. Um, This is in my top three favorite Studio Ghibli films, and I've seen most of them. This is up there with Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke and My Neighbor Totoro for me in terms of quality, in terms of artistry, and the story. Oh my God. This movie is layered. It is cerebral. It is trippy. It will make you think. Um, I reviewed it for Joe Blow. Uh, go and check out my official review on the site. But I didn't put this in, re- in my review, and I'll say it here, and I don't know how far this is going to go unless you've seen it. This is kind of, for me, like Miyazaki's Angry at God movie. In that he is exploring a lot of themes here about creators and building of worlds and kind of the astonishment factor that one would get if you found out that your entire world is built around like the whims of one person and that they're constantly rebuilding it to make an idealized version of what they want their world to be. And you're nothing but a pawn being remade again and again to tell this person's story. Um, It is a story out of space and time. It goes into the past. It goes into the present. It goes into the future. It's wild. It's essentially about a kid who at the beginning of the film loses his mom in a world war two hospital fire. And a few years later meets his aunt his sister his his mother's younger sister who is now with his father and they are moving away from tokyo and into the countryside and when he gets there he has this like there's like this pesky gray heron that keeps like flying near the house or landing on his windowsill and shitting into his room and basically just antagonizing him and making these weird sounds that almost sound like human speech uh, like calling to him and kind of beckoning him over to this massive tower that's on the property. And the tower is all like broken and disheveled and the entranceway is all um, like bouldered up and everything, but he keeps being called to this thing. And essentially one thing comes to another and Mahito, the little boy gets pulled into this alternate dimension where he meets a younger version of his mother because his mother lived there several years ago and she ventured into the tower before it was all walled off and everything. And it becomes this story 
about moving on and accountability and how to say goodbye and how to be okay with a future that isn't perfect. And, oh my God, he just, he packs on the metaphors one after the other brick by brick in this movie. It's so stunningly gorgeous, beautifully animated, just like his films always are, but really going back to like, after having a couple of more like biographical muted films, like the wind rises and other things like that, this is much more return to the like fantasy world, like the, uh, the spa spirit world of spirited away. Um, or the cat returns and just like really flights of fantasy kind of stuff uh, mixed with like the afterlife and, and all kinds of stuff. It is, Oh God, it's just incredible. Like I said, if you want to see my full, like concentrated written thoughts about it, you can go and check it out on, uh, on the website. But um, man, if you're at all a studio Ghibli fan or a Miyazaki fan, and you haven't seen this yet, this is, this is a movie you're going to love it. You are absolutely going to love it. Uh, and there's going to be an English language version uh, of this coming out really soon. And the the cast for it is absolutely stacked. Uh, it's got like Christian Bale, Florence Pugh, Mark Hamill, uh, just a whole bunch of really cool people doing the voices. It's fantastic. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, like I said, top three. Studio Ghibli's easy, no question about it. Incredible. Yeah, I I I loved it. It wasn't as scarring as something like Saltburn, but um, I'm not scarred. I'm elevated. I Bronwyn and I watched this together, and I wish you could have seen some of the faces she was making throughout this movie. The slack jawed, like, did that just happen? What is going on in this movie right now? It's trippy. Like there are some psychedelic parts of this movie that I was like looking around the room, like wondering if I was having flashbacks. I was like, what is happening in this movie right now? Where are we going with this? Mesmerizing. Absolutely. Just uh, like I said, the artistry on display here, it's nothing short of a masterpiece. I I loved it. Um, Moving on to some comics related stuff. Uh, Joey talked uh, a bit about Superman and the Harvests of Youth, the uh, original graphic novel from uh, Saint of Grace. And I read it and Joey was right. It's it's a beautiful Superman story. Uh, I love a story about superheroes dealing with problems that are beyond their control. And so when you have a young Clark being unable to save his friends from their own their own hearts and their own depression and the fallout of losing loved ones and you know not being able to swoop into their hearts or into their emotions and just punch stuff until they feel better uh this is that type of story where clark learns about his limitations and uh it's quite beautiful and i really enjoyed it a whole lot so i'm really glad that Joey had brought that to my attention. Now that I've said something positive about a DC property, let me say something negative about a DC, not a property, but a uh, an app, if you will. DC Infinite. 
Aaron, you're the one that's been talking about action comics on the podcast, right? That's correct. Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> I have decided to dive in to action comics and I started uh-huh. at 1030. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the Warworld stuff kicks off. Loving it. Enjoying it a lot. I'm seven issues deep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Somewhere around issue five. I thought that Alfred Pennyworth was a part of the story because Alfred Pennyworth <laughs> is the oops, something happened and we can't load this page in the DC infinite app. Oh, retry or send us uh, your feedback. So of course I hit the send feedback button because honest, like, are they gonna, are they really going to listen to me? I don't know. Maybe. Bronwyn thinks that I should I should write a, a complaint thing. Anyway, my point being, I had to stop reading Action Comics and probably any comics on my DC Infinite app uh, until whenever, because I can't get through a single comic without having to load the pages <laughs> to the point where, like, I can't even continue reading. Ow. I was reading 1037 read and got to a point where the next page just would not load. Do you read on, you your on a phone, phone computer? No, I read on my on my iPad, which is oh. literally I read in in bed in our bedroom, which is literally right next to the office, which is where the uh, tower is for the Wi-Fi. It's a pretty strong signal where I'm reading from. There oh, is that. no conceivable reason why I shouldn't be catching the signal to read these comics. This has been happening ever since I got the app, but never to this degree. It is unusable the way that it is now. The moral of the story is DC hates Canada. I think that might be it. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't know what else. I was going to say, I don't think this is happening to me at all. The only issue I've had, it's very strange to have this issue. The only issue I've had with DC Infinite, and it's one that I'm certain is with DC Infinite, because whenever I ha- whenever I experience an issue more than once, I look it up to see if others have experienced it, and there is a thread of people, and that is the orientation um, of like whether it doesn't go landscape, you know, at, when you're supposed to go landscape, um, and it's very strange and weird that way. So I looked it up, and that is a known bug that they haven't fixed. Um, and I have probably once or twice gotten the Alfred Pennyworth thing. Yeah. But nothing that I would say is consistent enough that would make I mean, I, I genuinely as I think I was saying it when we were when you were first talking about reading the 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 war world stuff, I literally just create for those stories that I know I wanna to revisit, for those runs that I know I want to revisit. I just create a favorites list and let them do all the work. I just say favorite series and then they just collect all the issues into a you know into a a list. And then when a new issue comes out, they automatically add it. And so literally all I end up doing is hitting read next. <laughs> you know, and that's that's pretty much it. They're doing all the work. So I don't know why you're experiencing these issues that's so uh, yeah, i don't I even know if that's a software issue or if that a, is that yeah. a connection issue maybe you know what i think it's strange i'm looking yeah. at the app store right now on apple there are two dc infinite universe apps on this thing i'm wondering that. if i have the wrong one 
been pirating you all need, this time. You need, <laughs> yeah, you need the Canada one. You need the real one. Right. They don't look any different in, no. on the page that I'm looking at right now. They look exactly the same. Weird. I'm yeah. pulling it up as well here. Let me see. If it's, I yeah. I'll tell you, it's a disaster. And I feel like I'm basically setting my money on fire well, by I mean, just, trying to keep using it. Try to undownload it and download it the, uh, again. Or Yeah, I'm going to try that tonight. Yeah, because I, I I've had it more than Aaron has. I've, I've seen Alfred maybe 15 times in the, in the, what, two years I've used it, though. I like. Look, one minute I'm hanging out with Superman, the next he's uh, Alfred Pennyworth trying to serve me lobster thermidor. Yeah, this is really not happening for uh, the rest of us. So this is something weird. So maybe you should write in tech support because it's clearly not normal what's happening here. I'll be very polite about it. Your computer that shouldn't that shouldn't be an issue in terms of connectivity. Um, And anyway, isn't Alfred dead? (laughs) Not not on my iPad. He's not well. currently dead, is he? I don't think he's currently dead. I'm pretty sure he's back. Yeah, didn't Snyder kill him? <laughs> no, is he I, back? I, thought, I, think I think he's, he's dead. Back. I think he's back. Again? I, yeah. I don't know enough to, to know. He, uh, he was dead last time I read. John would know. I'm always not no, quite You're a Gotham up. outsider, Chris. I know. know. I know. Whoa. Wow, he came for you. Yeah, well, a little bit. <laughs> listen, Bobbert, that is not how we talk to people on here. Okay, <laughs> so I'm not your sweet thing anymore. That lasted like 48 minutes. Not, oh, that turned into a Taylor Swift song. You're not my sweet thing anymore. So I do see where Chaos. there are two DC Universe Infinite apps. There, one looks like it's an ad. The other one looks like it's the actual. It's an app. But it looks like both. I think one comes with like an like an ad. They both give me the opportunity to update the app. So I don't know what the difference would would be, but this is weird. All I have is open. I don't. I was looking for an update, and I don't see one. Well, maybe oh, maybe completely on take it off and try. I'm gonna do that again. now. Yeah. And then well, I'm not gonna do it. I'll, I'll wait till I'm. If done that doesn't work around. though, Turn, write them for like, real because yeah. that doesn't. That shouldn't be happening, and it isn't happening yeah. for other people. So it isn't. Yeah. It isn't the app. It's something else. It's me. Oh, I knew it. No, no, no. Pull up. Yeah. I, pull, I out the, pull out the plug and plug it back in again. Oh my God, you guys, I had to call IT to my classroom today. And I was like, no, I have tried turning it on and off again. I have tried. <laughs> it's not working. Guess what? It was unplugged. And I felt like the biggest tool in the world. Oh, I've been there. I was oh, like, no, I, I tried that and I did not see it was unplugged. I, I called my cable company during the summertime to, to make a, a a report, and that's what I got. And it was, can I speak to someone real? The cable box is on fire outside my house. It's like, like where's it is the button? not, I can pull the plug. Where's it's the on button fire. currently on fire? On fire, yeah. <laughs> I felt so dumb because I had very confidently been like, no, I have tried everything. And she came and just went like, Boop. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it does Sometimes, work. Sometimes, you know. Sometimes All right. you feel Woo! like a nut. Sometimes mama said there'd be days like this. So if mama I said. if I can't read, <laughs> if I can't read on uh DC Universe Infinite and then Comixology is switching over to Kindle on the fourth. Yeah. That'll be its own um, fun. Yeah, how does well, how does that all? That. Are, are all your books going to be there from Comixology? When the oh, they're already there. Yeah, 
You can separate them out. Like I've already done that. You can separate comics from books, which is great. Um, I'm sure it will be fine. I just, it, I, I don't love <laughs> change. No, it's, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's annoying because I, it is. Uh, Bronwyn and I use Kendall to read our thirsty comics. Oh, believe uh, me. I know. I know. So we have just like a, t- a wall of smut and then there's just comics in there and it annoys me because I need my stuff in like neat little boxes. And I, I don't always want to have Batman sitting right beside all of our, my naked chested men. I got to sift through a bunch of naked <laughs> cowboys before I can get to my She-Hulk. Sometimes I want to like know what I'm about to look at. I don't want to be like pressing buttons and then be Surprise. like, oh God, we're in this. We're, I thought we were in Gotham, but I just saw a dick. And yeah, you know. Well, you could see him in Gotham. Yeah, yeah, you can see Dick and you can see Batman's dick if we're reading Batman and the Damned. <laughs> that was an throwback. Wow. <laughs> we love it. See, see, it's Bob, I can be a Gotham outsider. Yes, I, I do you. know what. Oh, the fuck you should I'm see the episode about. art for the uh, when we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Guess what? I'm sure I saw more dick in Saltburn. I tell you what. All right, I'm going to talk about a comic book. A comic talk about book? a webtoon. No. A comic book. I know. I'm going to talk about Death of a Pop Star. Ooh. Uh, episodes one through thirty. Mm-hmm. This is oh, created you read a lot. by. Yeah. Sounds like a murder she wrote episode. It does. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. With William Wyndham, it's exactly. That. Uh, so this is created by Violet Karim, uh, number one on the pop star charts and in the hearts of fans worldwide. Sophie Lim is at the top of her game until she takes a tumble from the top of the stairs. Now she's dead, and it turns out it turns out that it's harder to build a career from six feet under. <laughs> but lucky for her, the Grim Reapers her number one fan. Yes. It's a great, so that's a great pitch. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in an effort to stave off her timely demise, Sophie makes a deal with, with the Grim Reaper too, after her second and final death to marry him and spend the remainder of eternity reaping souls alongside him. Ooh. This is totally against the rules, but the Reaper, Eli, thinks he can make it work. Being brought back to the land of the living wipes Sophie's memory of the accident and subsequent pact, placing Eli in a difficult position. Uh, Sophie's aunt wants her to take a year off modeling and idol work and continue uh, uh, her career. Sorry, to attend college and heal from her accident. Well, (laughs) oh, yeah. Uh, finding it difficult to make friends, Sophie pals around with Alina, a uh, snippy wallflower, Julian, who's actually the son of the Lord of the Underworld. Yes, he is. So the Lord and of the Underworld. And a failure, a complete, a complete. Yes. Yeah, and totally clueless. Totally, totally yeah. the uh, the himbo of the story. He, uh, so Lord of the Underworld finds out that Eli gave Sophie a pass and is like, well, this has got to be corrected right now. Uh, I'm going to send my son, who needs to who needs to prove himself because he's my my heir to the under the underworld throne in Nepo, hell. Nepo baby, Nepo baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying you've got to go and kill <laughs> Sophie. You have to reap her soul and bring her back so the numbers can balance out. Meanwhile, Eli, I don't get out of my face. Like I don't want to see you. You can't go down to Earth, but you can't mm-hmm. stay here, kind of thing. And Eli's like, forget that. I'm going to go and check in on Sophie and make sure that you know all is well. 
Eli ends up getting a job at Sophie's college as the janitor and Julian enrolls in the school and is just kind of like lazing about as he's going to class, uh, not trying to make friends, but making them anyway. He's kind of this aloof, cool and collected kind of guy. And people are drawn to that. Um, it's it's quite a funny dynamic between them. Um Love is complicated as Sophie, Julian, Lena, and Eli find themselves falling for one another. That said, Julian is obvious, uh, oblivious to Sophie's advances uh, or Lena's jealousy. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, there's also a final destination element to the story where <laughs> well, don't Sophie. Spoil. I'm not that far ahead. It's, it's not too much of a spoiler, but like okay. the universe is trying to, or at, least, at least we're. We're we're yeah. made to think that it's the universe trying to balance out her cheating death by killing her yeah. by, you know, purposeful accident, if you will. Yeah. Uh, lights falling and so on and so okay. forth. Almost getting hit by cars, the whole bit. Um, it's really funny. Uh, there's also a mist. There's also the mystery of who pushed Sophie down the stairs at the start of the story. I have my suspicions. It's the ant. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, right. It seems a little too easy, but I think Sometimes. I think there's more going on behind the scenes. I think maybe yeah. the ant is in cahoots mm. with someone else oh, that gets introduced into the that, story. Oh, okay. Not cahoots. Oh. Yes, they're they're canoodling. Collusion. Not a canoodle. <laughs> Kitten caboodling. Uh, so it's or funny. It's canoodle. mysterious. It's adorable. It's well paced, uh, and we're at the point in the story. Where there's been some hand-holding, y'all. And you know what that means, right? Ooh, Things are getting serious, folks. Stand in from that. <laughs> My body is ready. Oh, it's really cute. I just started it. And by that, I mean I literally opened it just now and read three issues of it. It's so cute. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, absolutely. love the little Sophie interludes. I think those are hysterical. It, uh, very much a uh, Hazel kind of thing. Um yeah. There's one thing that threw me though, and help me out here. The noses look really weird. The noses look weird. The noses. I, I'm not used to looking I mean, like a nose like that. Two characters get their noses busted uh, no, 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 early no, it's, in the. It's it's it's, it's the, it, whether you're seeing it front on or three quarters. It's just sort of the same. Um, that yeah. might be the a stylistic. Thing. I I'll think have it's to a stylistic a thing because it always keeps going. But the first time I saw, it, I was like, "Wow, that's um short." See what you mean. Looking at it now. I'll uh here. I'm gonna give it a look. Give it a look. Look at that nose. <laughs> but <laughs> I love it. Nose. I love every bit I've read so far. So yeah. I'm. It doesn't bother little... me, but I I see what you're saying. Yeah. No. I I guess I see it now too. To be fair, like it's like a there's a lot of panels where the nose, the nose just flat out isn't on the face. So oh, that too, yes. Well, I think the the nose is very versatile that way in uh, this type of book. Um, some but of the expressions are absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. What I love yeah. so much about a lot of these webtoons is that, like, I don't know if it's the scrolling, I don't know if it's the art. It's probably a combination of both, but. Because it feels like you're you're scrolling along, like you're reading almost storyboards instead of comics. Uh, it's got a like full on anime feel to it. Does. it. Yeah, and motion um, to it. Yeah, man, I would love. I mean, the the webtoons stand on their own, and and that's you know I love reading in this format and stuff like that. But like, 
if they want to mine animation for some stuff, all they got to do is go to Webtoon. Like, how do we not have a Lore Olympus animated series yet? Well, a, a number of Webtoons have been turned into K-dramas, things like that. So if they're getting turned into things. We're just not getting them right. as, you know, Amer- American shows. Not Well, we have a few, but... Um, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there's been a yeah. couple that have been, well, like, uh, Heartstopper. <laughs> yeah. Heartstopper is a webtoon. <laughs> and even though it wasn't a webtoon initially, uh, with the success of Nimona, you would think that yeah. someone would say, wow, we need something more anime mm-hmm. and yeah. go right, right to webtoon. I think it's funny how invested I become in some of these romance stories. I feel like I'm watching a soap opera, you know, like you always hear that, that joke from the Simpsons and I guess from other places too, where they're like, Oh, just, you know, leave me here. Read my, you know, watch my stories. Look at my stories. And I think Webtoon feels like my stories for me. (laughs) I love that. Right. Sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say, I love that. That's a joke. And I'm like, as you say that, I'm like, that was my childhood. No, I know. Like watching my grandmother numerous right. times. Steve, you've got to join Bob and I in uh, a making of a witch, a wish, because I think you would enjoy yes. that one. We're reading through it together every time I'm on, except for this time because it was too soon. <laughs> but um, <laughs> have you read Everything Is Fine season two yet? Not yet. No. Oh, yeah, uh, season two. You mean season three? Are you talking about no, season two? season two. Oh, right, 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 right. I finished yes. that. Uh, what, like yes. two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. I haven't finished it. I've read a bunch of it, but I haven't finished it. It's really good. It's not, I mean, maybe because the first season, it was, it was also new. Like it doesn't have the intensity of the first mm-hmm. season, but it is definitely yeah. uh, a fantastic read. And, and it, it keeps the momentum uh, going. It is so, yeah. it's so weird. It's so weird. Oh, I love that. Um, Wayne family adventure just keeps passing the Batman comics. Like they just keep going, by the way, they still have more subscribers than Batman. And I'm like, wow, makes me happy. That's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. I meant to put that in the news and I forgot. Yeah. So that article uh, turned out was the old one, but I just realized, uh, well, I realized cause I finally read the fine print that was the date, but they do, do keep passing it. Um, but yeah, they are, uh, they have higher numbers than, um, <laughs> the batman regular run now but i'm just like yes go webtoons this this completely makes the point that i've been making for a dozen years now Mm -hmm. when when i was a kid and comic books were the old-fashioned word would be ubiquitous yeah they were in every store they were in the doctor's office at the table at the dentist you couldn't turn around without finding a comic book Mm -hmm. and now that the only place to go buy a comic book is the comic book store, some of which are not receptive to children and women, and we go down, I don't want to go down this whole road again, Facts. but but you can go look at webtoons. Anybody can go on their computer and look at an age-appropriate webtoon, Absolutely. and there's there's the, the proof of the pudding right there. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think DC has been really smart to get in on this, and I don't know why Marvel hasn't done more i mean i know they're doing it over on their own app but i think that's that's ridiculous because they're still behind a paywall so they only really have they have one uh, occasionally done one for like a movie because there's an eternals one that has like six issues it's cute but it was just when the movie came out um but they've not done what if they threw marvel marvel mia or the it's jeff stuff i I was gonna say it's jeff 
or um, a Gwenpool would be so absolutely. Good for, that would be a perfect, or like a Hellcat. Mm-hmm. One of those characters would yep. be so perfect for a webtoon format. It's ridiculous they haven't done that. I don't know what they're thinking. They're like really, they're shooting themselves in the foot because the DC, all of the DC ones have done amazing. Like the Zatanna one is crushing. I don't know why they're. Oh, not. I got to get back to that. Well, Zatanna one's real. It's done now. It's fully finished. So you oh, should, cool. All right. Yeah, it's a great time to finish it out. Um. They're all they're all really good. Uh, the Red Hood um, uh, uh, and the Outlaws. I think no, I'm just blanking. Is that what that one's called? I think it's just called Red Hood and the Outlaws. Is really good. Um, and the Vixen one is really good. Like DC is crushing it on webtoons, and I don't know why other people aren't doing it. Like for for fuck's sake, they have a Pacific Rim webtoon. Like <laughs> other companies <laughs> are doing this. I don't know why Marvel is not doing it. It's ridiculous. Like, oh, we a Miles a, Morales have, one would be so good, go. right? Moon Girl, Moon Girl. Moon Girl, a Shuri one would be good. Like, there's a lot of characters, especially because that, I mean, that's a lot of what DC does, right? Is it picks, like, the young characters that people are into and, like, brings them over to Webtoons. If they tried to do that with, like, some of the ones that are getting bigger uh, in Marvel, like a Miles or a Shuri, you know, characters like that, yeah. I think that would be, that would crush on uh, Webtoons. And it's would make them a ton of money. I don't know why they're doing it. Not doing it. Anyway, that's my two cents, Marvel. <laughs> oh, I'm going to continue. I got a whole list of webtoons that I got to mm-hmm. jump in. I'm telling you, like, there's so much stuff that I want to read that it's going to be a little difficult for me to kind of pump the brakes did and I, put together a list for our end of the year stuff. Did I tell you what I discovered? This is This is like next level webtoon fandom realization there is a maximum that you can be subscribed to what oh mm-hmm. what many? is that number i need to ask yeah should, should i take uh guesses um all right, all right 250 oh bob no it's high um i'm it's gonna higher. say is it less than a thousand yeah okay um I'm going to go 750. It's 500. um, And I have hit it multiple times because I, (laughs) I hit it. And then I unsubscribed to all the ones that had finished because I had just left them on there. So they would already, you know, run their course. And then I hit it again. (laughs) You got to make a second account. Backup account. The myth of Psyche one. My burner account. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Rex Huerman. Okay. I'm actually excited to get my uh, webtoons wrapped at the uh, at probably next month. Well, that's right. Oh my god, our Spotify wrapped. I'm so excited to see everybody's. I if if Sleep Token is not my number one band, I'm gonna riot. Say again. Do you use Spotify, Aaron? I do. I use everything. It just okay. depends on the mood. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. I don't. It's funny you say that. <laughs> I use Spotify. It's funny. I just thought about this. I use Spotify literally daily mm-hmm. for the dog. Oh, so it's going to be the dog Spotify wrapped. <laughs> so it's like. What well, were Mocha's stuff. favorite tunes of the year? Yes. <laughs> so it's like a smooth jazz to a Motown oh, to a Luther really Vandross to an Anita Baker. Nice. Get that that's 70s cool. music so it's weird it's I, a no, meta james in there i get that n- nightly um 
is my cat because Knightley likes Taylor Swift. This is honest to God true. No, I'm shocked. I think cats it's are too- shocked. I think it's soothing because now he associates it with me. But if Mm. I put Taylor Swift on, he calms down. It's true. And if I put it on, he'll like run over to look at the phone. Like he's trying to see see it. It's very funny. Loki loves the band Daughter. Like when we first brought her here, it was one of the few things that would calm her down almost immediately. It was like clockwork. Like she'd be in my office climbing the curtains yelling going crazy i'm trying to get work done if i put daughter on in the room she calmed right down she did it in the car too yeah yeah lucky it wasn't acdc thunderstruck (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get back to the outline here i have no idea where we are i i'll figure it out i know i'm glad you're in charge because i don't know what's going on all right let's 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 hit up this news story really fast and then we'll uh we'll go to the question uh for the week So Loki creator Michael Waldron is the new writer of Marvel's uh, first Avengers movie, Avengers the Kang Dynasty. Now, I see I've seen a lot of people kind of like upset about this or or I don't know, people that I work with or whatever kind of going off online about it. All I can say is that I really, really enjoyed the second season of Loki a whole lot. And I'm much, I'm happier with this uh, writer being in charge of the script than uh, Loveness who did Quantumania because I thought Quantumania awful. Um, But here's my question to the group. Are they really going to keep this as the Kang dynasty? Like, do do you think they're still waiting to find out what happens with majors? Yeah, to, uh-huh. to quote Joy Pacino, I'll believe it when I see the trailer. <laughs> um, Honestly. Uh, okay, this might be a controversial take. All right, go. You've never said one of those before on the show, Aaron. Well, you know, you know. It's not like you at all. Here's the thing. Uh, you, we cannot expect this company to make a decision. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I mean, I, I really want to say full stop. Full stop. We cannot. Three years I, out. Yeah. I just don't think that we should yank something completely out of contention for a story that because of the character. Don't get me wrong. Ezra and that whole flash thing, that's a completely different my my solution to that would have been bring in a, either scrap the movie or bring in another flash. Bring the TV um, guy. Yeah. It's, but exactly. It's Grant Gustin, I think yeah. you mean yeah. Bob. If, put respect yeah. on his name. I was gonna say Grant Goodrow, which is not right. So thank you for fixing if it. they can get away with a new Darren, they could get away with a new Kang. It's a super No, they couldn't. No, they couldn't. They I never believed Dick Sargent. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's a superhero. I mean, they change faces all the time. I you mean, can make an excuse. It's not hard. We could also, just make him Jonathan a, another an, 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 another iteration of Kang, which is yeah. This one just looks different. Uh, doc, yeah, I just I, it, just, it would just be very easy to do. Like this, this iteration is a variant. It's like a different actor. <laughs> And I gotta be honest, I still don't understand this Jonathan Majors thing. To be honest with you, yeah. it's just like it's it's so, very messy. 
It's yeah. so messy, and there's so many different sides to it. There's like every other month, there's like, uh, well, we yeah. got this new report that says this, and we got this report that says yeah. this about her, and this yeah. report says this about him. I'm like, this is not Ezra Miller speed running through every yeah. time in history in like a span of a month. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to defend or or back anyone. I'm just saying this has been the most confusing thing to watch of all the the recent scandals. So I I, I oh in this instance, I kind of understand Marvel being like, I don't I don't know which way they're doing like a double take. Like, I don't know which way to to go. How is this all gonna gonna play out? I don't I don't yeah. know. Um, but I think the simple solution, to be honest with you. Is it's it is a business, is it is you know, in order to move things forward, recast it, doom dynasty. If things you know clear up and whatever, and there's an acquittal or if there's a whatever, whatever is the case, too late. Figure out what to do with if if you want to you know compensate Jonathan Majors later or just move on because it's Hollywood. I don't. I mean, it's just. They but, could make um, it Howard the Duck, and it could be Duck Dynasty. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm sorry. It's just I'll, I'll show myself out. Me. It's okay. No, I'm, no I'm, I'm, in, I'm in for that. I'd be in for that. The story, <laughs> if it's, if I mean, you're trying to tell a good story, the story shouldn't be linked to a single individual, I guess is the no. point I'm trying to make. No, That's and I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest. I It took me to the really the last episode of Loki Season 2 to turn me around. I was really unhappy with most of what was going on. It seemed very joyless. There was no whimsy in the way that was the first time around, but good finish. And it left me, left me feeling better to me though. And I loved Jonathan majors in Lovecraft country, loved him in a, in a lot of other things. He was the weakest part of Loki season two. Mm-hmm. The, the twitchy uh, Victor timely stuff really was grating after a while. And I don't know, was that his choice or the directors, the writers? Uh, It bothered me in the first episode for maybe like 20 minutes. And then I kind of just fell into it. But yeah. Bothered me for like 50 minutes of every episode until we got to the last one. They should just just mirror him and have him just be slightly off screen in every scene of this movie. Well, that's that's coming. We're going to see that next. It's about the baby, but we'll never it's show about the mom. The baby, whose baby? Shut up! Shut up! Shut <laughs> your mouth! Don't ask about her. Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth! Well, that situation, I have no desire to see. Oh, I will. Um, I will see it first night. <laughs> Semi breaking news. Just so news. I can yell about Amber Heard. Yes, but okay. No, I ahead. will see it first night because Jason Momoa can throw me around if he wants. I will be down. <laughs> I still say what I say about Jason Momoa. I kind of want Hollywood to react a certain way towards Jason. What is your position on him again? Towards Momoa, I'm using. I'm really just using him as a as a scapegoat. I, I, I may have said this on the show before. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Here's Please the thing. Go ahead uh, and come at me. I don't care. <laughs> Jason Momoa does not have the body now that Jason Momoa had in the first Aquaman. Should that matter? No. But why is that annoying me that no one's talking about it? Because God forbid a woman put on six pounds. Facts. That would be the only thing anyone talked about. And Gail Gadot put on five pounds between the first Wonder Woman and the second Wonder Woman. 
that would be the only thing anyone talking if Amber if uh, uh Brie Larson. Yeah. Oh God. Don't, that would be the only thing. Yeah. Jason Momoa looked like he just finished cleaning the garage after having a cookout. And no one said anything. No, hundred percent. Do I believe that he's out of shape? No, I don't. No, no, no. I'm just talking well, I about I was in his shape. Devil yeah, but... standard. Yeah. No, you're totally right. You're hundred percent right. Yeah. He's, it has he's bothered gorgeous, me, and so we're all of them. Yeah. Correct. It has bothered me since that this has been the case since what? Since three hundred? What's that guy's name? Gerard. Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. Yeah, Gerard with Butler. His CGI abs. Yeah. It bothers me with Gladiator. None of them looked the same after those movies ended, but yeah. they all had beautiful careers. Yeah. Julia yeah, Roberts little, puts on 20 pounds. She'll never have another movie. Yeah. Alicia and Jamie Lee Curtis allowed her, had, yeah. had to allow herself to age and do a yep. photo spread at age 50 for a mag, uh, an over 50 magazine mm-hmm. on her own choice. No mm-hmm. makeup. You're not, you're not going to edit my pictures. You're mm-hmm. going to show me like I look at 50. Yeah. And she looked yep. amazing at 50. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, that's the only thing. That's the only yeah. thing that bothers me. I'm like, why is no one bringing that up? Why is no one? Yeah, why? I know there was some stuff on Instagram. What, what could it be? Yeah, what yeah. Could it I know there was some be? stuff on Instagram where he got annoyed, where somebody said, you know, it was like, what's up with the dad bod? Uh, and he tried to turn people against that person. I was just like, whatever, dude. You know, yeah. suck it up. You live in Hollywood. You got to where you are because you you certainly didn't get to where you are because of your stellar acting skills. You got to where you are because of the way you looked. Let's mm-hmm. be real. Yeah. That I did a lot. Him. I love so, him. Yeah, he, you know. He's not Batista, let's put it that way. Yeah. I love him. I will defend Jason. Oh, I did. His, <laughs> yeah. his, his, oh okay. He's, I thought you defend Batista. Okay. Oh, I'll defend him too. I love my hembos. Speaking <laughs> of being annoyed, does anybody want another reason to hate uh, David Zaslav? I mean, do we need another reason? Uh, I got one. I got a new one for you. The hey, fuck Bob. What are you doing? Yeah, there's an article in the Times this Sunday. I haven't gotten to read it yet, or last Sunday. As of December 31st, classic Looney Tunes, the Looney Tunes show, and Looney Tunes back in action are all leaving Max. Oh, my God. Classic Looney Tunes. The spokes characters of Warner Brothers are leaving the Warner Brothers app. Okay, so no more Daffy, Bugs, and Porky Pig. Oh, that's brilliant. That's... While we're like doing the like breaking news or whatever, have you all seen what's going on with the Scream cast right now? Because holy yeah. shit. Yes. Yeah, what's yeah. her face? Did she leave or something like that? No, it was well, no, she got fired. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um I Melissa can't Pereira. Thank you. So she got fired for talking a- about freeing Palestine and now that she got fired. Like they literally lost yeah, her job for I knew that part. It. Yeah. And now, the other one left. Uh, Jenna Ortega left, and now yeah. none of the core four will come back for the movie. And uh, so Scream's like done right now. More like a whimper. It's not a scream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some real we'll, we'll, bullshit. We'll that is insane. I can't believe they fired her for that. That is insane. I mean, I can't because fuck all. Yeah, it's it. yeah. And we could do a whole other podcast about this yeah. because no, I just a, I wanted to bring but, it yeah, up because I'm really fucking pissed. Awful. Like yeah, genuinely pissed about it. Yeah. But good for Jenna Ortega. I love that mm-hmm. she has she's so young yeah. and she has so much integrity. I love her. Apparently, well, they're trying to sell it as if um her Wednesday schedule interfered with their filming oh, schedule and that yes. she was never supposed to be a part of seven. Yeah. And, and I she's mean like, no. Oh my god. Just like the stars had to really align for you to pull that one out of your ass. 
Yeah. But, and look, they, they, let, let's look at this. They already shortchanged Nev Campbell. Yeah. The last yeah, I know. time around. Now, you know, now they're like calling up Nev, like, hey, yeah, hey, girl. hey, remember <laughs> us? <laughs> you come back, right? Matthew Lillard? You Tell busy? them to stick their ghost face where the sun don't shine. Right. Exactly. Now, Matthew Lillard's having a real renaissance as all of the like, all of the Gen Z discovered him from the FNAF movie and now think he's hot. <laughs> so. <laughs> The amount of thirst traps of Matthew Lillard I have seen on TikTok in the last few weeks is unhinged. I just mm. need you to know that. Makes so me feel woozy, man. They've got some Scooby-Doo in that, I hope. Oh, yeah. Oh, always. They've all, okay, like, he, his old movies are being rediscovered now by Gen Z because of FNAF, and it makes me very happy. <laughs> when I think of Matthew Lillard, I think of what my, my friend used to say in college about Terrence Trent Darby. Like, I remember like, it. No, no one else like, remember him but me. Okay, yeah. no, Aaron. He's like, he looks like he smells bad. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Wait, who looks like they smell bad? <laughs> Terrence Trent Darby. Darby. I don't know who that is. Oh, oh is that um Swearwolves guy? You look him up. You'll see. You'll understand. He a, he's he a musician. A, he had a moment. No, maybe I'm, literally maybe I'm a, wrong. a moment. In the 80s, 90s, I think it was. Yeah, oh, 90s. no, I'm definitely thinking of the wrong person. No, let's no, no. let's <laughs> let's move. Let's get focused here. Not, not to be Kiki Palmer over here, but I don't know this man. I'm sorry to this man. <laughs> let's do a question. Oh, Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very I knew much. you'd know that. <laughs> do you all want to hear my answer for last week's question that I never got to read? Yes, please. What was last week's question? Yeah, last week's question. Because it's been a million years since last week. You live in your favorite comic book universe. Tell us what oh. it is, what you do there. And what is the best universe-specific curse words uh, a day in the AU life, if you will? So this is what I wrote down. Uh, Fairyland, if I hate Fairyland fame, would be my world. Uh, I would be a wizard who owns an all-day breakfast joint that specializes in serving the best pancakes in all the land. Uh, Gert and her compatriots eat for free as to avoid her trashing the place for whatever reason. Uh, if she does end up burning it down, I can use magic to reconstruct the place. No harm, no foul. Uh, I want to stay on Gert's best side if I can. Uh, Fairyland already has the best universe-specific curse words, but I'm sure I could add a few uh, to the Fairyland lexicon. And then my second answer for this was I would start my own band in the Murder Falcon universe and my rock and roll avatar would be a white saber-toothed tiger with massive fangs, claws, and razor-sharp teeth. Um, when I had my band back in the day, I never wrote curse words into our lyrics. It's just something that I didn't do. I didn't. I didn't need them. I didn't use them. Um, so I would replace the word God in this universe with different rock and roll legends that have passed. So people would walk around saying, like, for the love of Lemmy or Joplin Christ or Holy Lane Staley, stuff like that. Love that. Like it. Like yeah. it a lot. And then uh, this week's question. Yes. Oh, nice you're simple. building a Batman theme park. Bring three attraction ideas or 10, if you're me, uh, to ah! the table to impress investors. This can be a restaurant, ride, arcade, etc. As long as it's Batman-themed, you're good to go. I'm going to have Bob go first. Oh, okay. So, I, I don't have three, but here we go. Number one. I would want a hologram holodeck interactive thing going on 
for a killing joke where you can kill Barbara Gordon and shoot her repeatedly since DC likes to do that all the time. That was dark. No, no, uh. I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just Damn. kidding. That, that uh. is not, that is no, I don't want that. I don't want that, but I just had to put that out there. No, Boy, I'm I, glad I, I, first. Yeah. I, um, right now I want to work the killing joke into mine too, but seriously, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm doing it. Hold on. First thing I would want, look, it's, it's a theme park. You want some kids stuff, right? So I want, a whole animated series style kids park with rides for all the various things like that. That could be very, very kid friendly. We want sort of that. We of course want a Batcave interactive tour. I want to look at the giant penny and the dinosaur and the levels of Batmobiles and, and so on and so forth like that. And then for me, look, um, you gotta have it. You gotta have a, a place to sell stuff because it's still commerce. So I want, Selena's boutique, batique, catique, whatever, whatever, whatever you're saying here. And <laughs> I wanted to have clothes, knickknacks, computer stuff, books, comics, and all inspired by the fabulous women of the Bat family. All stolen. And that, well, yeah, it could be. But yeah, that that's where that's kind of where I'm at. Nice. I like it. Uh Aaron, do you have an answer for this one? Sure. Let's see what I can pull out of my butt. How about <laughs> A clown bouncy house, a pearl necklace salesman, and child protective services equipped with social workers. <laughs> how about that? I there like it. Go. I like it. Love all three. Chris, how about you? Oh, boy, I have more than three. Okay, here we go. Go <laughs> for right. it. Hit me. Here is my, uh, here is my adventure land. Okay. So there's different zones of it. Uh, I have all manner of uh, experiences for you. If you enjoy a roller coaster, you can go on Bat Hound Run, which is two dueling roller coasters, the Titus and the Ace, obviously. Ooh. I know, right? For nice. the kids, you can go to Bat Cow's Kid Zone, which is all themed after the different menagerie of Damian Wayne pets. So you've got the turkey, you've got Pennyworth the cat ride, you've got the whole pet zone. Nice. Um, you have uh, in the kid zone, there's also the bouncing pearls, which is just like a swing <laughs> ride, but each one is a pearl that bounces on the ground when your mom's killed, obviously. Um, for the uh, teenagers, there's a whole section that's called Harper's Hideout. It's kind of a tech zone. It is like a lot of like virtual reality games and stuff like that. Nice. That's cool. Um, you, if you want a kind of like a Splash Mountain kind of vibe, I have Flashpoint Mountain. It's exactly like <laughs> Splash Mountain, but if you go down it, you destroy all of continuity. Um, is there acid? Is, does acid flow on? Onto you and burn all the flesh off your, your body. You never know. Okay. Every time you ride it, something new it's happens. Different. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, for the adults who you know come back after hours, there is some um, uh, adult entertainment. So if you want to go to a dance club, we have the Batuzi. Of course. Of course. Is Adam um, West there? I hope. <laughs> of course. Um, there's also the much more exclusive VIP one, the Thirteenth Room. You just have to find it. Um, so good luck. Hmm. Uh, it's owl themed, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. For our court. And uh, of course, and most, uh, you know, uh, if you are into like the arcade game situation, there is the Robin's Roundup and the prize is, of course, adopting an orphan. Um, and finally, uh, and most importantly, and thanks, Bob, for the inspiration, my killing joke inspired one is right at the beginning. Actually, when you first enter the park, um, 
people who enjoy the Joker are invited to come in through their own entrance into the Joker Jamboree, which is Killing Joke inspired. And it has images of all of the darkest, most gritty Joker scenes. And essentially what it does is it walks you through and it turns you around and sends you right back out. Yeah, just start again. Sure. <laughs> no, to, to get rid of you because I don't want you there. And that separates them from all of the rest of us so we can have a good time. <laughs> oh, oh, that could work. Okay. Yeah. And then it is a dude bro free park. It's a, the best place to be, the happiest place on earth. They just come in, they get set right back happiest out. Happiest place on earth. Be careful. That's copyrighted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the most gay place on Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go with that. Yeah, go with that. Yeah. It's gay. It's a gay place. The gayest place on Dude Bro Free Park. We send them right back out. Just right through and out. (laughs) Yep. Nicely played. Thank you. Sorry, I'm distracted by my cat. All right, I'm going to read mine here. So I didn't really know what kind of park I wanted. So I kind of went with a carnival slash Disney type place slash like, let's have some things for adults. So here we go. Uh, I've got a carnival-like atmosphere with Harley's Hammer Smash, which is basically nice. a whack-a-mole game with little tiny Batman heads that you got to smash with a mallet. Uh, for some eats, you got Condiment King's Burgers and Things, which is a villain-themed would. restaurant. Joker's Squirting Flower Race, uh, stuffed animal prizes, shoot water at Target as laughing gas balloons fill up. Uh, for the kids, you got Bat Wheels Raceway, which is pretty much like the Cars ride at Disney, but with Bat Wheels characters. Oh. Uh, Bat Grapple Rooftop Adventure Park. Basically, Bat Grapple your way across rooftops in a tree, uh, treetop park style obstacle course. Uh, Mr. Freeze's Snow Cone Emporium is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, then for the adults, we've got the Iceberg Lounge, adults-only discotheque and casino. This is essentially a casino, dance club, and burlesque that uh, is only open to adults and only open at night after 9 p.m. If you get hot walking around the park with your family, you could dip into one of our convenient Poison Ivy's air-conditioned rest tents. Uh, This is essentially air conditioning, bottled water, and plant decorations. There was a Bud Light tent at Coachella the year that I went. That was exactly this. It was just plants, couches, nice music, and air conditioning in the middle of the yeah. uh in oh god, what was it called? Something desert, Indio Desert. Uh there'd be it, no there'd be no Bud Light in an Ivy tent. It would have to be an all natural IPA or something. It'd oh, be yeah. a bunch of kombucha. <laughs> so much kombucha. Uh, and I'm bringing it back to my uh, idea for a Batman webtoon with Clayface's spa. Basically, yes. take a break from the hustle and bustle by treating yourself to a mud mask, some cocktails, and rejuvenation activities. Woo! I'd have, I'd have a Clayface uh, residency, though, him singing like the greatest songs of all time from Broadway and Taylor yes. Swift and whatever. Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. A Batman-themed karaoke. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Led by Clayface. Nice. He'd be our MC. I have an update on a previous story, if we want one. Sure. I found out the details of who's being added to Heartstopper um, because I was looking at Instagram while we were talking because I have ADHD. Do you want to know? 
yeah. <laughs> the details yeah. of what, what you were looking at. Okay. So I was correct. It is uh, Derek Hand is being added as Michael Holden, who is from the Solitaire novel, which was previously not supposed to be part of the show. I knew it. I knew they were doing that. So, yes, that's Tori's love interest from the Solitaire novel. Yes. Nice. Awesome. There we go. And I posted it if you all want to see him. He's adorable. All right. Let's... Uh... I think we're good. I think we're going to talk about yeah. the books that we're looking forward to Ooh. this week. Uh, Bob, what do you pick it up? Let's see. We have Power Girl number three, Green Lantern, Alan Scott number two, Harley Quinn 34, Ms. Marvel number four, and then some number one, Spider-Woman, Howard the Duck, and Luke Cage, Gang War. Now, there was a book due this week. It has moved to the first week in December, and that is My Little Pony Camp Big Hook. So if people were looking, it's next week. Who's uh, who's writing the new Howard the Duck? I have no idea, but it's Howard the Duck, so I'm buying it. <laughs> okay. I'll got to look it up. Uh, Aaron, what's in the pool for this week? Are you muting me? So No. <laughs> I was going through the list. So, okay. Because I didn't see... Oh, there it is. The one that Bob was talking about. There, man. So, Action Comics 1059. I'll probably continue that. Miles Morales Spider-Man. Although the last one I didn't love as much. But this is going to be part of Gang War. Speaking of Gang War, I'll probably read most of the Gang War stuff. Except for the main book that has John Romita Jr. I, I just can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just cannot. Anyway, uh, there's some X books coming out. Captain Miss Marvel in Realm of X, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it looks like there's an X-Men blue book. Excuse me. I'm going to also pick up that Alan Scott Green Lantern book. Um, like I said, the gang war stuff to include Spider-Woman. Then there's some of the, the DC stuff that I think is going to be wrapping up. Steelworks is going to be wrapping up. Not sure how I feel about the Amazon attack stuff, but we'll give it a shot. Maybe. Um, a braver man than I am. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, there's a static stuff. Remember, I was telling you how that was going to be wrapping up. So I'm going to see how that uh, Martin Luther King slash Malcolm X story wraps itself up. <laughs> um, and then I think that was pretty much it. I got a lot of stuff in the hopper that I got to catch up with. So I think that was pretty much it. I saw the Wonder Woman Outlaw edition number one coming out. I'm like, mm. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But I think that's pretty much all I'm doing this week. All right. Uh, Bob, I've got some good news for you. Which uh, is? Chip Zdarsky and Joe Canones. Yes. Oh, I'm back on that. Howard? Oh, yeah. Classic. That's good. That's Talk good. to Melissa. Yep. It is only a one-shot for the character's 50th anniversary. But it's got the it's got the dream team on it. So should be a good time. Uh, Chris, are you looking forward to anything? As I always say, I am a Zen master when it comes to new books. They come to me. I don't come to them. Um, okay. We'll find out what happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, I have only a few books this week, uh, and then I'll, I'll figure out what's going on with the DC app. But I've got Ms. Marvel, The New Hope, number four, uh, Spider-Woman, number one. I might check out uh, a new, relatively new book from Boom called Slow Burn. Uh, we should probably have one and two in the review folders. I'm going to give those a look. Uh, and of course, something is killing the children. Number 35 
Uh, this is the year that I've finally curbed uh, my compulsive comic book buying habit. Ooh. And uh, mm. I spent like $11 this past week, seven the week before. That's what you do. I used to be a forty-five to sixty-five dollar guy, and now I remember uh, that was that would be a low number. Yeah, I mean us. that was a long time ago, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, but no, I've gotten I've gotten much better about using the review folders, and I've gotten better about not buying things that I'm not currently reading. They'll they'll be there. I can always go back, and they're usually at a lower price when I go back. Yeah. So, uh, also, I don't have any money, so that, <laughs> that does helps. Help. Yeah, does help um yeah so anyway holding the line at 5.99 that's right jesus <laughs> that howard the duck is 5.99 yep damn um i think that's gonna do it for this week's edition of the talking comics podcast bob do you have any uh does anybody have any closing statements that they want to share with anyone before we get out of here oh you went right to me right away no i don't no i don't all right Not this time. taylor swift's eras <laughs> tour movie december 13th Yes, yes. I wrote the Out article for it today. Out on streaming. Are, I'm are we and it's re- got three three other songs that were not included in the uh, theatrical I know. version. Are we going to review it on Thursday on Tune? Of course we are. <laughs> I'll be watching that with Bronwyn. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Joey's going to come on and review it with us. So, Aww. yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time, everybody. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Good stuff. Uh, so go and see Saltburn. Go and yes! see uh, when you can. I don't know when it's going to be available, but uh, The Boy and the Heron, if you're an uh, anime or Miyazaki fan, this is absolutely one to see. And uh, yeah, so we've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Talking Comics or Instagram, Talking Comics Podcast. Bob, where Are can we our on listeners- Twitter? Just out of curiosity. Are we on Twitter? We should keep it going. Yeah, we, we are. should. Yeah, we should. We we should do there some things is. there. Fuck that. <laughs> well, I'll explain off air. Okay. Um, Bob, where can our listeners find you? Still the old-fashioned email. Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. Aaron. You can hit me on IG. Chris. I've mostly landed on IG as well. Uh, Myth of Psyche. Nope. Myth of Chris. But you can find all the other ones at linktree.com slash the myth of psyche. And I sometimes post other places. So, uh, but you should also listen to Thirsty on Tune this week. Red, White, and Royal Blue review is coming out. If I finish editing it, despite all the grading I'm doing. And <laughs> send it to um, me. I haven't listened to it. Well, listen so. to it, take some notes, and then I'll do it. Okay. Uh, I haven't done that yet, though, so I still have. Well, if you if you need, if you need some help, work. <laughs> if you need help, let me know. Okay, I just it's it still requires me to get work done in some form or fashion. Is the problem? That's the problem we're having. But I'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. And then uh, Gotham Outsiders, like I said last week, is currently on hiatus. We're coming back restructured. Um, so Ooh. keep an eye on your on your Spotify, your Apple, whatever. And we will have an update soon. Things are going to be different. That's all I have to say right now. But it yeah. is coming back. We're not gone. We're not gone, I swear. It's coming back. Um, so keep your eyes open. I don't know. I, 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 got, I got restructured in April. I didn't have a job all of a sudden. So let's be careful about uh, this restructuring. No, no, no. Okay. It's not like that. I swear, <laughs> okay, everybody, okay. it's going to be okay. Deep breaths. Okay. We're going to get through it together. Okay. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I'll put it that way. 
There you go. Oh God, that still sounded really ominous. Yeah, that sounded really <laughs> ominous. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. It's fine. We're all fine. It's just we're making changes. That's all. And it'll be cool when we when we have it happen. You'll all love it. Is what I'll say. I heard this at work too when I had my meeting with. I don't, resources. Know, I don't know how to be vague in a way that doesn't sound ominous. Um, ominous, yes, it's tough. Somebody, it's tough. somebody said, uh, "I have uh, ominous positivity," where you're just like, "It's going to be Ooh. great," or else. <laughs> That's kind of like the specter, actually. And look what he used to do to people. No, I think everyone's going to have, I think everyone's going to enjoy the new updates. It's going to be different. Um, I think, I think it will be good things. I just don't want to say what those things are. And everyone will enjoy it, including all the people who are already working. Yeah, we fired half our staff, but it's okay. BuzzFeed all over again. No, I it's have this good. mental <laughs> image of you with a shovel just digging right now. <laughs> it's fucking fine. Stop looking at me. I'm gonna wrap Big this surprise, up by saying CJ's we dead. wish we <laughs> wish you the best. We can't wait to hear it. Thank you all so much for listening. Be excellent to each other, and until next time on the Talking Comics podcast, to be continued. Tell the police. I love that. I love that you cut me off at TJ's dead and didn't let me say anything yeah. else. <laughs>